Yo, I just read a comment by Archie the brand. And hell with you. Hell with you with that comment. Oh, my God. Anyway, man, what's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang for being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome. My voice is raspy. All right. That means I stayed up late last night. <laughs> all right. And welcome to the wake up show part of the free agent lifestyle podcast here on the free agent lifestyle channel i actually ran out of coffee this morning it was a hell i was walked my dog came back went into the coffee room what the hell i had to rush i had to rush back out <laughs> i know i had the evening intro going on i got distracted by rt the brand trying to diss all right he said coach and hassan campbell are alike and that it's hard to tell if they are swole or swole fat all right damn Oh, ruthless to me. Oh, ruthless to me, man. What did I do to you this morning? I'm about to give y'all, I'm about to give y'all some information. And then you call me swole fat. You can't tell. You know what I mean? I'd be like, you know what I mean? During the show, you know, because I got traps and shoulders, you know, left over from the days when I used to be going at it hardcore pause. All right. But you know, you can't see the belly deli down here. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm fat. You know, it's okay. I'm gonna get in shape. Did I tell you when I was in Vegas uh, this Saturday, last past Saturday, they had an active shooter. I had to run for 45 minutes. I was out of shape. I was going up and down stairs, up and down escalators, running. I was like, damn, I guess I'm going to just go ahead. I'll take the bullet at this point. <laughs> I had to run in the heat. The Vegas heat was getting to me. Nine o'clock at night, running in damn near 102 degrees dry. I was like, I'll get shot. <laughs> Forget it. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, damn, it's time to survive. Anyway, man, shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to the coach. Gang. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. This is going to be a long stream. So you got to wait to Avery. If, you, if you're not interested in a long stream, wait to Avery to do the timestamps. Timestamps will be somewhat useless on this stream. All right. So uh, take some time. I, I, I probably could see it going long. All right. Anyway, uh, so uh, we're going to review the Divorce Corp video that uh we're gonna go and mr palmer this is inspired by mr palmer who does fck child support he did a long stream on this one too breaking this down he might have done it in two streams i can't remember um but but we're gonna break it down because what a lot of people under don't understand about the industry that we're talking about oftentimes they'll just say well you're mad because it didn't work for you you know what i mean and yes of course you know nobody wants it to happen to them and then when it does happen to them oftentimes they don't want men to speak about it they do their very best to try to you know, persuade or dissuade men from even speaking about these issues. And then when you speak about it, they say you're just bitter and hurt and it didn't work for you. Well, when I give you these backgrounds, you're just trying to, I'm just trying to warn you about what's going on. I'm not trying to persuade you to not get married. I'm just telling you what you have ahead of you. Many times people get married. Uh, men are optimistic about marriage, but if they don't do it in the right way, like our guy Moose Locks, if they don't do it in the right way, you're going to be a statistic all right uh these statistics are dismal does it mean it's going to happen to you likely to happen to you yes it's likely to happen to you when you read these statistics however does it mean it's going to happen to you no just like a guy that says i'm going to run game and i can get a woman to work for me and build my business you could you probably won't though all right so yes so and, and if you get married if you get married you're more than likely to get divorced and you're more than, like, than likely to come out unscathed but you're more than likely to get divorced, but you could stay married. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. So anyway, do me a favor, hit the like button. I don't want to waste too much time. 
Um, we got dollar sign CGA live for the support, the CGA legal fund in here. We're protecting coach junior. We're protecting the, the physicality of, or we're protecting the kids from being human shields uh, from a baby mom terrorist who, who is using the third attempt to extort CGA. All right. So this is how it works. Uh, we're going to tell you how it works, you know, so you can make your contributions to the legal fund right there. All right. This is a donation purely out of the, out of the heart for the knowledge that you're going to receive here today. Also, uh, what is it? PayPal.me backslash Coach Reg Adams also is a place to donate uh, for the legal fund to protect kids from being used as human shield against emotional people who are probably at their wits end financially and looking to survive themselves anyway. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's just what it is. Uh, where are we at here? Where are we at? Uh, we're going to do the early contributions. Oh, you know what we need to do? We need to break some news, but we're not going to break news with radio uh, stereo Shaheen, <laughs> or we're not going to stereo Shaheen breaking news, but we're going to say what's going on with Biden. You're a freshman at the university. What? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> well, 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 what do we have here? I told you to do Biden. All right. Biden got test positives for C-19. Uh-oh. Could it be? <laughs> uh, not so much. Oh, it could be. All right. Let me, hey, in this situation here, uh, you know, for whom the bell tolls, uh, Joe Biden tested uh, positive for the Hong Kong fooey. And in this situation now, uh, they'll be all right. You know what I mean? I can't wait till he gets up there like Trump and takes his mask off in defiance. <laughs> They're probably pumping him with all kind of, well, I can't say it. I can't new, say it. New, 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 new world order. They're like, yeah, but anyway, man, that's not, there's no more news than that. If we hear something else, we hear something else. But I told Joe ass to do Biden. All right. Anyway. There's no story there until we hear he's goner. All right, then that means Kamala Harris. Hey, Biden, stay alive for at least a couple of years, man. Kamala Harris at the helm? Hell no. Nope. Now, that's an empty shell if you ever seen one. Kamala Harris. Good Lord. Empty shell. <laughs> that, that person is empty, bro. So I cannot, I would not be able to survive here what are we doing here? All right. Um, that was our breaking news. Let's get to the earlier contributor to the show. We got the cash app first. Let's represent on the cash app. Did I get Brian Usury? I did get you yesterday. What did you say? I did get you at the end yesterday. He says, for spitting truth and cracking me up. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to who is in here. We're going to call you Reginald G. Tuition, coffee, uh-oh, and gas. <laughs> All right. You got to put that up front. Pause. Just put that up front next time. You know what I mean? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Hold on. I ain't woke yet. Red Cash. Can I tell you how much he just donated to the legal fund? I'm not. I can't tell you because the because the private investigators are watching me. Um, how can I put this? <laughs> I don't even know what to say here. I, you know, I'm being watched so heavily right now, I can't even tell you how much he donated. But it's significant. I, I do want to give I just he dropped a significant portion here. Lawyers will be hired on this particular portion. Yikes. But let me just say this. I don't know, man. What do you want me to do? You want me to shuffle right now? There's something that I want to do here. Yeah, it's in the neighborhood of that. It ain't it ain't a million. It's not a thousand. Don't worry about that. 
but it's more than what a sponsorship would be. All right. So, wow. Wow. Hold on for a second. Coach is doing some shuffling. We go shuffle on this one. We definitely got to shuffle. I can do some shuffling, too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Woo. Well, we're going to go ahead and pack up the show. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. We appreciate you. We're out of here. Peace. Just kidding. Just kidding. We back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, I don't have to do the rest of the show. I've already met my quota. Bye-bye. <laughs> anyway, wow. Hmm. Legal fund will be obtained, and I might clap some Kaylee Cheeks tonight. <laughs> well, well, well. Anyway, shout out to you, brother. Do me a favor. I'm going to have all kinds of emails. Email me. We'll get you some books, autographed copy of the books. We'll get you a free agent lifestyle T-shirt and all of that stuff, and I'll give you access to all of the teaching, the teachable programs on the for formats over there are teachable. All right, that's what we'll do for you. Email me, brother, if that's what you desire. We really, really appreciate it over here. We do. All right, anyway. Whew. There we go. Wait, man, I'm distracted. All right, so shout out to Albert Ingram. He says, I was called a pervert because I know the age of consent. All right, you were called a pervert because you know the age of consent. Well, that's classic, right? That's classic um, uh, shaming tactic. Like, that's like, oh, you know the IRS laws? Shame on you. Um in this situation, man, I actually, somebody actually gave me a story about the police chief in Richmond a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a female police chief and her daughter was out here allegedly getting trafficked by allegedly a PIMP, but it was her 34 year old boyfriend. Her daughter turned 18 and was getting them cheeks clapped by an older guy. Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> All right. So when it comes to this thing, man, I'm telling you, man, I listen. The more on the dark side you go, the more you realize there's a lot of young women that are ready. They're ready and willing to put themselves out here in these streets. In these streets. And this is why if you have a daughter, you're doing your best to protect your daughter. But when your daughter's removed from the protector, you can no longer do so. And then she'll end up like that goofball yesterday that I showed you complaining about rent. All right. And you're like, you goofball. And then they are doing what? Giving up cheeks. Guys, believe me, some of y'all's daughters out here giving up cheeks. And and they, another sad story here, they're preparing to do this right when they, I mean, they're in high school preparing to do this. I have very, I have a, a bunch of cautionary tales about young girls. Um, they're 17 and they're waiting to turn 18 to get in these streets, right? In these streets? They're waiting with bated breath and you don't even know it. They live in your household. They're your nieces. They're your sisters. So yes, it's an issue. If you want men to not be concerned about it. Go ask the Skittles community not to not to not be concerned about it because they run the they they violating all the laws over there. Mm. <laughs> With that being said, it's crazy. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, shout out to Warhammer in the building. Yes, indeed. Amari McBride is in the building with the Santorini Grease Fund. Yes, indeed. Santorini Greece. It's going to be wild out there when I'm an old man. Shout out to XL Pro Services. Appreciate you, man. And then one more for the brother over there. Woo! Got the legal fund going now. All right. So we got, uh, let me check a couple of PayPals. I'm, I almost missed it. I almost missed it. I was like, what is that? 
Did somebody get paid? We got KT King. Oh, you know, KT King fired up for this show. He says, CGA, good morning. He says, the phrase that you don't know your wife until you see her in court court is very appropriate for this morning's live stream in your free time check your email the new hit it or quit it list is up i sent it yesterday okay i'm gonna check that out your hit it and quit it's always interesting brother so i'm gonna check that out last one and then we'll get into the show because this show is gonna be a nightmare all right michael says um coach did you see the 50 50 custody and alimony bill that was vetoed in florida the divorce lawyers lawyers formed a special interest group placed a call to DeSantis, uh, DeSantis, and it says, got it vetoed, shaking my damn head. All right, so um, guys, I'm gonna tell you, the bloodsuckers of the poor, which you guys, poverty people, poverty poor people are more likely to get married than anybody and then violate every rule of a marital contract like crazy, like right? So um, it says right here, part of the bill will require justice to begin with the presumption that children should split time with equal uh, parents. Oh, they got it vetoed. I'm telling you guys, um, lawyers, Let's get into lawyer, liars, lawyers, lawyers. Um, you guys might think that you, if you hire a lawyer against your ex-wife's lawyer or vice versa, that that person is going to be the adversaries. They're going to be have an adversarial um, relationship. And this documentary will point that out. That's not necessarily true. Both of them are members of the bar. Both of them are members of the clown circus called the family court. All right, in which they'll call it like justice center. There's no justice that goes on in there. All right, but what they do is they lead off the emotions of one party and the logic of the other party where there should be a presumption of 50-50 of custody, like Ron DeSantis is actually saying in his bill. Many states are now putting that in, but it doesn't prevent the, the woman from lobbying claims against you to get custody, right? So it's just like a prenup. You can have a prenup. You can have a trust. These are things that men want solutions from, and they always ask people that never been married. All right, they're like, hey, give us solutions for how to protect our assets against marriage. And that person they're asking ain't been married. You're like, how would he know? <laughs> right. And they have no solution. So if you have these things, all it does is um, give something to fight about. So there's a presumption of 50 50 custody in most states. But if a wife or ex wife or a husband or ex husband says, well, this person's been abusing the child in any way, now that presumption goes away. And now you're in court trying to prove if you abuse the kid or not. See, these are the things that people don't know about and you're unaware. You're misguided and undecided. You just don't have the information. So just because you have a protection like a presumption of 50-50 doesn't mean that a woman won't go in there and say you've been abusing the kid. And abuse doesn't have to be sexual or physical. It could be verbal or emotional or whatever they come up with. And then they will find these pseudo-psychologists, these mentally ill psychologists, by the way. Many of these psychologists be on medication, let it be told by CGA, allegedly. Then they get any psychologists to come up with anything that they can wipe their rear end with, and they'll come up as some sort of proof. Oh, this person has this and that. This is an industry that you don't want to go toe-to-toe with unless you're in the position to go scorch earth. All right, Unless you just want to go in there in ignorance, you're going to get your ass kicked. Okay? That's just basically what it is. All right? So uh, understand what's going on. Uh, you know, if you don't give a damn, all right, go in there. Go in there and actually act like you don't give a damn because they're not doing anything of uh, what they would consider legal. You're participating in something. Basically, it goes down with because you agree to let it go down. If you just give them the middle finger, <laughs> be like, kiss my ass and go in there because it's what they're doing is no, they have no legal precedence that the Supreme Court can't do anything if they fuck around and uh, uh, do anything illegal to you. You can't take it to a higher appellate court. 
it's not it's not a legit court. It's only legit because you make it legit. Okay. And then they can do things because you agree to it. They can attach things to your credit. They can attach things to your to 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 whatever it is. So I just want you to understand that it's real because you make it real. And the only reason it is real for men is because they fight for custody of their kids. If the guy goes, well, forget the damn kids, which many men do because they don't want to fight, then it becomes unreal. <laughs> it's not a real court. They don't have juries. They don't have anything that is protected under the constitutional law. They don't have um, the right to uh, um, they don't have the right to um, confront your accuser. They don't have perjury as a punishment. They don't have anything in terms of um, they can't they can't arrest you for anything that they uh, put in there. there there's non-arrestable offenses other than contempt of court. Like they, there's nothing that they can arrest you for. You can go in there and say, kiss my ass. All right. And then they they can't do nothing. <laughs> right. So um, it's not a court in the court idea of the court. So what you think is the court. And the only reason these attorneys go in there and they respect the judge is because they all in the same team. They have multiple cases. They're not fearful of the judge. They're fearful of the judge at interacting with them in uh, multiple cases. They're only going to see you one time. So you can tell them anyway. <laughs> so this is what we have to understand. It's only legit because you make it legit. And many men get into these courts because they have children and they marry. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Most of the judges even that are over your cases, they're not voted in. You don't vote them in like you would do a, a, a judge in your county. They, they're not voted in. All right. They kind of move in through the networks of how they move in. Number one. Number two, uh, many of them aren't even real judges. They serve as a commissioner. <laughs> like in child support court, they'd be like, we're the commissioner. Are you a judge or commissioner? What, what is your title? The hell is your title? <laughs> what are you? And they play this game because you play, because you want to see your kids. And the whole time is that the person holds the kid hostage. They'll take three attempts in the entire custody battle, which the three attempts are going to be custody exchange, custody preservation, or modification of child support. Okay. And they will make three attempts or more in your parentage. And the only reason you care is because you want to see your kids. All right. So let's get, let's go through here. I know people don't want to hear, you know, who don't like me telling you this, this, right? New, 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 new world order. They hate me telling you this. <laughs> they absolutely despise it. Let's go through some statistics here. Let's go some of the statistics. So, yeah, I mean, they could, they could, they could act like they could do what they want, but the only reason you do what you want, they you do what they want is because you care about your kids. That's it. That's it. If you didn't care about your kids, you could just be like, do whatever you want. Bye. <laughs> just keep it moving. All right. So let's talk about this. This is a WP. WP-lawyers.com divorce statistics here. We're not trying to scare you. Uh, but most men care about their kids, and most good men are the ones who get punished in family court. Uh, let's see here. The deadbeats, the true deadbeats, don't get punished in family court because they don't show up to the court. <laughs> they don't even show up. They just be like, anyway. All right. Um, it says right here, almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end in divorce or separation. We'll go through that statistic really quickly in depth. Researchers estimate that 41% of all first marriages will end in divorce. 60% of all second marriages will end in divorce. 73% of all third marriages in the divorce. Uh, one thing you have to understand is that when you have the 50% divorce rate, that includes, highly includes these second and third divorces, right? And so people who get married twice, you're damn near idiots at this particular point. If you get married a third time, 
you're you're stupid. All right. I mean, you're absolutely stupid. But um, anyway, I can understand one marriage, but three, you're an idiot. All right. So anyway, in this situation here. Uh, let me give you the quickies and people have already had this right here. Every 42 seconds, there is one divorce in America. We won't even uh, every 16 seconds. There is a marriage in the marriage uh, in America. There are nearly three times. Uh, there are nearly three divorces in the time it takes a couple to recite their wedding vows. More than 172 divorces occur during the typical romantic comedy movie. 430 divorces happen during the average wedding reception, which is five hours. It says right here, there are 5,975,768 divorces over the course of an average first marriage. By the time one marriage ends, which is an average of eight years, there's been almost 6 million divorces. 6 million. Over a 40-year period, net nearly 70%, 67% of first marriages will terminate. And this is why I always tell people, especially people that have never been married, I'm like, why are you even talking to you? Why are you even opening your mouth? But I always tell people a length of a marriage is not does not indicate success. It does not. Length of marriage does not indicate success. Just because somebody stayed together doesn't mean that their marriage is successful. As a matter of fact, I have something to show you that proves my point on this one. This article basically says right here, the divorce rate today is lower than a decade ago. And it says right here, the divorce rate between 2018 and 2019 is significantly lower than 08 and 09, which 08 and 09 is a one of those situations like you can't really use that as a measure because 08, 09 was the housing crash. And of course, there were significantly more divorces during the Heisling crash. So being that it's lower, it was because there was an anomaly there. There was a significant event. In 2018, 2019, there was not, but there was in 2020 and 2021. So the divorce rate skyrocketed also during those uh, during, during those years. And I would love to see the difference between 08 and 09 and 20 and 21. Okay, it's probably somewhat closer. And it says despite a slight increase in 11 and 12, the divorce rate has fallen overall throughout the last decade. Let me go back and source something else. The marital rate has fallen as well. Okay, so there's lower divorces, but there's lower marriages. Here it is right here. One of the main reasons for there being less divorces, not because more people fell in love, right here, it says is due to high attorney fees. That can rack up a whopping $12,000. So people aren't getting divorced because they're in love more and the marriages are stronger. They're getting, they're, they're staying married because high ass attorney fees. This article admits it. It's not all because they're in love and people know better. They know they got more to lose and they like, hell no. New, 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 new world order. You see what I'm saying? These articles pointed out. So I am here to show you this. I don't want you to get married or I don't want you to get married and get divorced. That's all I'm doing here. Okay. The next thing is right here. Show you this. All right. And then we'll get into it. It says right here, how much does a divorce cost in America? Divorce is a big business in the United States. This article says, let me make it larger. That's what he said. Divorce is a big business. How big of a business is divorce? It is, in fact, a $28 billion a year, a year industry, but the average divorce costing $20,000. However, the estimated cost ranges between $10,000 and $20,000, with the average being $15,000. I don't know where we're Oh, okay. There was some stuff there. Okay. All right. 
Now you say, okay, what does that mean? What does the context of $28 million a year industry mean? Well, the NFL industry is a $15 billion industry and it's considered a huge industry. The NFL is considered a major player in the game and their, their peak income revenue is 15 million. I'm sorry, 15 billion. I keep saying million and billion. So the NFL does big business at 15 billion. Divorce does double. Divorce does double the NFL. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, that's how big of a business it is. And I always call these people the bloodsuckers of the poor, right? This is why they're called the bloodsuckers of the poor, in my opinion. Right? Because these people hide behind that they're doing justice, but they're not doing justice. They're breaking families. This is what they're doing. And they're using the emotional, um, they're using the emotional ex-wife more than likely because 70 to 80% of divorces are filed by women. They lead the cause. If the if, if women didn't file for divorce, there would be no divorce court. There would be no $28 million business. It would fold immediately. But divorce lawyers, let me give you another indicator right here. One of the biggest areas of divorce, the biggest areas in the United States for divorce is Orange County, California. A lot of blood suckers in Orange County. Um, and these people right here, the divorce rate in Orange County, California is 72%. Okay. 72% of divorces in Orange County, California end in divorce. And just keep in mind, a lot of people in Orange County do marry multiple times. All right. There also is a high rate of money in Orange County. So there is a high uh, rate of divorce in Orange County. Right there. It's right there, right there. Okay. Orange County divorce rate, 72%. 72%. Okay. How much more evidence do you need here? But there's still some people that will say bitter, hurt, and no for and all that. And so now, 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 one of the reasons why these divorces go willy-nilly here in the last 40 years is something called no-fault divorce. And so no-fault divorce, these are your states right here. This is the information that you need to need, that you need to have if you plan on getting married. I don't fault you for getting married. I'll say you're dumb, but here it is right here. No-fault divorce. These are the states that have no-fault divorce, sole-only grounds, which means the dark blue states are the ones that the woman can come in there. 70%, 80% of the time, the women are filing. So when I say the woman can come in there, it's because they are more likely to file. They can just come up in there and they, they can say irreconcilable differences and need no reason. They don't have to find you in an affair. They don't have to have a reason for domestic violation. They can come up with a reason. They're no, normally going to say something like emotional or, or verbal abuse. They might say that, but they don't need a grounds. They don't need a reason. They could just end it. You're married today. You're divorcing tomorrow. They don't need a reason. In the light blue states, these are places where you can say no fault. You don't really need a reason, but you can have an additional ground. You can say uh, irreconcilable difference and, all right, some states might require an and. I think North or South Carolina, they might require an and. Okay, well, what's the reason? Well, he was doing X, Y, and Z. But for the most part, most of these states, you don't need an additional reason. You don't need to catch somebody cheating or any of that. Okay, so everybody knows what we're talking about here. All right, so now. I'm giving you a lot of information. I'm trying to go through, trying to get through a lot of information here. Where are we at? Common reasons why divorce happens. But again, there's no need for a reason in most states. But let's go through some common reasons. You might be surprised at some of these. Um, according to this article, it says little or no premarital education or religious differences. 
I mean, these people are dumbasses. Again, people need premarital education. You should be sitting through this class. You should be watching Divorce Court before you get married. But no, you're going to say you're going to say Moose Locks. You're going to be like Mr. Moose Locks, but my girl's different, coach. Well, I don't know why you would get married if you have religious differences. If you pray to different gods, you have no reason getting married. All right, let's go to the how did they go from 11 to nine? Give them a buzzer. Nine, lack of support from family. Monster in law. All right. Number eight, health problems in sickness and in health. But people are getting divorced for health problems. All right. Domestic violation. In which we always say 70 percent of people, uh, women who are in this is this is this is proven. 70% of women who are in domestic violation situations were the instigator, were in fact the instigator. Okay. Uh, one in four women will be domestically violated uh, uh, as opposed to one in five men or one in six men. It's very relatively close as to who experiences domestic violation. But according to courts and court of divorce attorneys, men never experience domestic violation. He is always the perpetrator. Let's continue. Substance abuse. I always tell you, if you marry somebody that is a uh, that is an addict, a weed addict, a smoker, a drinker, an alcoholic, a pill popper, they're on mental health meds. You're likely going to get divorced. It's going to be ugly, too. If they're on any substance, any substance, the likelihood of you getting divorced significantly increases. And it's going to be a bloodbath. What about the next one? Financial problems. Well, go figure. For rich or for poor, right? Let's go down here. Getting married too young. Oh, I was young and dumb. I was young and dumb. All right. Now I'm going to go out here and find other men. The what divorce. What happened? Act. Where did all the men go? What are we here? Too, too much conflict in arguing. That is high. Look at that. Too much conflict in arguing. Too much conflict in arguing. These are, I mean, who gets in marriages for this? But this happens all the time. What about infidelity and extramarital affairs? We looked at the statistics of that. It is almost even as to who is cheating. And for, for better or for worse, I would probably say women cheat even probably better, if not more than men. But you would never get them to what? Admit that. And then the number one, lack of commitment. So imagine lack of commitment, lack of commitment. So imagine you get married, you're in a no-fault state. Lack of commitment is the overriding factor. For a divorce, she walks in 70%, 80% likelihood that she's going to walk in and divorces you. Oh, you're just not committed. She says, I'm not happy. <laughs> and divorce grapes you to kingdom come and takes your kids. This is the industry that you're fighting against, right? And let me go ahead and close tabs. Uh, let's see. Do I have to cover this stuff? Uh, let's see here. Let's go ahead and make this larger. That's what he said. Uh, let's go through 144 years of marriage and divorce in our country here. This chart I used to show all the time. Here's the charts that you have to look at here. Um, the blue line represents, oh, shoot, where is it here? The blue line represents uh, the amount of marriages in our country. The orangish line or yellow represents the amount of divorces and where there have been peaks. And tough times are going to be peaks. World War II, peak. Great Depression is going to dip in um, is going to be a dip in divorces and whatnot. That's going to significantly impact what goes on here. Then you had World War II ends and then you have a peak here of peak marriages, peak divorce, the baby boom. All right. And then after the baby boom, obviously, you can see here people got less married, less, less uh, divorces as well. And then you see this buffalo hump like that is on the back of some of these people's neck. You see a buffalo hump right here. What does this indicate? Well, you had a lot more marriages, but you had a lot more divorces as well. 
This indicates the feminist movement. This indicates the what? No fault divorce, institution of no fault divorce. So you had less, less, but then you also had uh, the flower child, women going out there, leaving their families and starting families young. Then you also had no fault divorce, the feminist movement and wealth. And you had a significant impact into the 90s. And now people woke the hell up. Three generations of divorce, people woke the hell up. So you have way less marriages than in the, you have less marriages Less marriages in our country than in any point in the history of the United States. And this line is plummeting by the year. You also coincidentally have less divorces, but that coincides with less marriages. So when people will say there's less divorce divorces now, well, there's less marriages. Okay, so you can't say the, the divorce rate is declining without acknowledging the marital rate is plummeting as well. All right, we're giving you a lot of crazy crazy amount of information here all right what about uh these things right here because people are going to say well how do i protect myself in this situation so the reality is i'm going to give you uh what happens there's three calculations you're going to affect you when you go through a divorce see i'm the expert here i've been in family law courts for seven eight years consecutively i know what's going on here i got a pseudo law attorney degree paralegal um, a lot of people say, what if I get a trust account? What I get, what if I get a prenup? Well, a prenup protects you in one calculation and one calculation only. And that calculation is potentially how the community property is going to get split. You might be able to put in something related to alimony as well, but there's three calculations we, that you will get when people say men lose half. That's not necessarily the case. You could lose more than half in Hulk Hogan's case. And we use celebrities as context, as context. Because we don't know what goes on in the private courts because they most of the time conceal it and hide it from the public. The only time you hear about how what happens to a man is that the man just goes, hey, I'm going to just tell everything. And then he gets says, shot down or when you see a celebrity and he gets roasted. So Hulk Hogan lost 70 percent of all of his earnings, all of his property and so forth and so on. And the reason why you do that is because there's three calculations. The calculation number one is always going to be community property property or division of assets. That's going to be the first calculation. That's mostly what you want to protect if you're going to do a prenup or a trust. Some judges are busting that up in these kangaroo courts, but that's neither here or there. That's neither here or there. So you first have the division of property. Let's go ahead and show you the map here. If you are getting married in any one of these states, this is what's going to happen. Let me see if I can make this larger. And that's what he said. <laughs> here's, the here's the map here. So division, uh, divorce property rules, uh, the dark purple states are the community property states in which everything's divided in half, all right? Everything you own, every asset, every bank account, every property that you own, it's going to be automatically divided in half. And this is why these people fight tooth and nail in California. Well, the light purple states will be equitable division in which most of the time is left up to the judge to make a fair assessment of what to divide in half. Many times the judge can say, well, it's 70-30. And it would be up to the judge's discretion. You left it up to the judge's discretion in these kangaroo courts to divide your ish up. And it's some count. Sometimes it can work in your favor where you get 70%. Sometimes it can work in the woman's favor where she gets 70%. But that's what happens in the equitable distribution state. Now, that is one part of a calculated formula. The other parts, many times you can't be protected against a prenup. It's state rule. 
Number two calculation is alimony or maintenance or spousal support or any of those things. Many times you can't put that in a prenup. Sometimes you could if you can get her to agree with no spousal support and no division of assets and she leaves with the panties that she came on with. All right, maybe. But some states, you cannot do that. Some states will say, well, that was unfair to her. She might have agreed to it, but it's unfair and the judge can use their own discretion to decide what's fair. Sometimes in states like California, which they're changing, but if you're married 10 years in one day, you pay this lifetime, you pay lifetime alimony. This is changing. They're going down to a de-escalation scale now. Over time, they're trying to get the woman off because they have careers and all that stuff. So I can focus on my career. So in this situation here, you not only have division of assets, which would be 50-50, but if you have to pay spousal support, alimony, or maintenance, that's going to be more than 50% of your uh, assets. Because you divided 50% and now you're paying an additional cost, which is the monthly maintenance of your previously used peace leave. That's the second. That is the second division. The third division is child support. Okay, so child support cannot be negotiated or in any prenup or trust. It has no bearing factor of a prenup or trust. So this is what I want people to understand. How do you protect your assets? But you still get raked over the coal in child support. Child support cannot be negotiated away. Why? Because it is the child's money. The mother of the child cannot negotiate uh, the child's money away. So let's get this straight. Let's get this straight. You not only have divided your assets, but you have spousal maintenance and you also have child support, which is the third calculator. You could be well over 70% of your income. 70% of your income. And again, the information that I'm giving you varies by state per state. So somebody says, you can, I, okay, you can. More than likely, you won't. Child support is a different calculation. All right. So it does. Ha it doesn't have to do. It does have to do with your income, but they can use whatever they want to determine in these kangaroo courts to determine what your income is. For for instance, let's say you are a W two employee, and they basically say, okay, you're a W two lemming. You're a ham and egg. You're you're a um oxygen thief. I I can see clearly what your income is, and I can clearly clearly see what your taxes are, and they just take the child support right off the top. Then they begin to take it out of your paycheck, so you have zero control. Okay, you have zero control, but let's say you're a 1099 or you're an independent contractor or you're a W. Let's say you're one of these people, a sole, uh, sole proprietor. You have an LLC. Now it becomes more complicated. Then they start using funny and fuzzy calculations. They might say, let me see your tax return. Well, you could write off, you could write off a whole bunch of stuff on your tax returns personally. And then all of a sudden, they'll be like, well, we don't believe these tax returns because you wrote off all of this stuff. <laughs> okay, so then they'll start doing what? Hire forensic accountants, tracing you down, private investigators. They'll start indulging into your businesses, which is illegal because your businesses are separate entities from your personal. They're not suing businesses for child support. They're suing personal for child support, but that doesn't stop a kangaroo court. They're going to start going into your businesses because you allow them to and then start suing your business for child support. You see what I'm talking about? But then when they put the child support on you, they can't get the money from you. Because you don't have a paycheck. So the best they can do is then start suspending your licenses if you don't pay, uh, suspending your passports. They can do um, they can they can freeze bank accounts if you have saving accounts in your personal name. 
You see what I mean? They can report you to the IRS. Hater, hater, uh, blood sucker and attorneys do stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> this is the this is the industry you're fighting against. And not only that, you know, they they hate me telling you this information. All, all while holding your kids as human shields and hostages away from you. The whole factor of this is to get you to have least custody as possible for them to go do X, Y, and Z. This industry is a $28 billion industry per year. Some people will actually be able to uh, get over these things, right, and do these things without getting exposed to these things. Most men, most men never really go into court. They just agree to just give up everything and pay the money. Okay. They just really just pay the money in the end. And a lot, a lot of times you won't hear men even balk about it because they agree to it. They agree to it. They just say, forget about it. I'll go out. I'll find me a new woman. You have the kids 85% of the time. I'll see them on the weekend. I'm not fighting because I don't want to pay the leeching attorneys. I don't want to participate in the family court system. Uh, you keep the kids. I'll walk away. Now, the trap into that is when you do that, if you do that at an age where the kids are young enough, the woman is going to poison the kids and say, you don't care. She's also going to play the hero and say she pays for everything. I pay for everything and I have to take care of everything and your dad's a deadbeat and he don't love you. He loves that other woman or he loves his lifestyle. He loves to travel. He don't love you. And if the kid's young enough, that kid will believe it. Meanwhile, he's paying for everything and he agreed to pay for everything. If not everything, you know what I mean, right? So it's almost a no win if you have an evil, vindictive enough woman. Many women go through divorces and they don't go this route. I just want to let you guys know. Many women that go through divorces, they don't even go this despicable route. But our country, because the divorce industry is so financed by women filing for uh, claims, they let this go. They let this go. And you're going to see when we break down this documentary, these lawyers admit to everything we talked about right now. They're going to fully admit it. You're going to hear it from their own mouths. Not just from me. You're going to hear it from them in this documentary called Divorce Court. But before we get into that, <laughs> before we get into that, we're going to go through the contributions. And I appreciate it. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Somebody says, is it Divorce Corp? Yes, we're going to break down Divorce Corp and we're going to play it. I'm going to try to skip around, but I'm going to play it. We're going to listen to it. Uh, we're going to fair use it. Okay. And um, and all of that stuff. Hit the like button. We got like, we need 800 likes. I don't want to have to do belly deli. I want to keep this momentum going. All right. We're going to end up, but we're going to go over the, on the cash app over here. Your boy, uh, Cesar Ramirez is in the building. All right. Cesar Ramirez. Jones G says, um, Biden used to sell Paxlovid, he all right. All right, <laughs> I'm not sure what that is, but uh, yeah, he'll be good. He's gonna use stuff that's not gonna be available to you, right? Yes, he is. New, 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 new. Your boy Scoot is in the building. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Hey, Jones G says for Kamala, Kamala, when you lied on your resume and got hired, she's atrocious, man. I mean, I've never, you know what I mean? She's the worst since Dan Quayle. I mean, not even, it's not even close. And people can't say these things because if you say it, you're, oh, you're attacking a P, what does it call it, POC? I call her a POS. All right, but you're attacking a POC, a person of color? No, I'm not. I'm attacking her, her, her credibility, right? 
she's trash. All right. Any every all around, she's not, she's not impressive. And everybody knows that. That's why they hide her. But but in and honestly, most vice presidents are hidden. All right. So um, it is what it is. So if you if you're wondering why you don't see much of her, you never really see much of any vice president. And most of the time they get picked is either because they're the real president, aka George Bush, and um, you know who I'm talking about. He's he was the real dude running the stuff, or they were a competitor in the primaries and they needed to use this person to get some sort of state representation like Kennedy needed Texas. So he hired um, LBJ as the as the uh, vice president and put his ass to the side. And LBJ said, not so fast. When I see your ass in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> we going to part your hairline. Yeah, but Dick Cheney was one of those presidents behind the scene. And, um, you know, Al Gore was a legit contender against Clinton, and he needed Al Gore's representation, right, in his state. So a lot of times they do it, and then they put the guy behind the scene, right? Anyway, he said the last. <laughs> K.O. Lowe said he gave him that last ride. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of times presidents are just figureheads, and we have to understand that. The only one that wasn't trying to be a figurehead was Trump. That's why they would try to get rid of his ass. They like he taking this seriously. Mm. All right, Shelby NYC, 41-year-old ninja rebuilding from a custody case. So these guys speak from experiences. You go through a custody case, it is it's lethal. It's lethal. You're taking on a lot of toxic everything just to defend yourself from your God-given right, which is basically just just extortion. Uh Elijah Bryant says one of these days I'll send a sponsorship. Thanks CG I appreciate it. It's all good, man. Uh, somebody covered y'all's back today. Cheap drum hacks. Uh, as my paper grows, so will my donation. Hashtag free CGA. All right, man. These divorce attorneys going to be mad at me today. But they know not what they do. Shout out to Miles M. And that's a significant contribution. Appreciate you. We'll go over to PayPal briefly. All right. Uh, KT King also has something to say. Child support is not judicial. It is an administrative. Uh, it is administrative as it is, as it is part of the executive branch of government and not part of the judicial branch. Absolutely. People don't know this. It's not judicial. They have nothing to do. So if you go in there and say my constitutional right, they'd be like this. They'd be like your constitutional right. There's no such thing. This is not a judicial process. This is all administrative and executive. You got no rights in here. <laughs> Sit your ass now. Now, you do have some judges that are cool. I've actually had two or three judges in my in my experience, and um, both of my judges were cool. I've never had problems with judges per se in my case. Okay, in my case, I've never had problems. All right, many times they ruled in my favor, and they saw the bullshit for what it was. So that, needless to say, I've seen where it was it was cool. They don't want no smoke. They just kind of like you know going through the process and trying to keep it as fair as possible. Still doesn't prevent you. You still gonna spend money though. So that's the problem. You could have a cool judge, but you still going to pay money, though. I still had to pay money, thousands of dollars, like here and there, on extortion attempts. And women can extort you and say, he still got to pay. Like, I, I, it's, it's actually mind-boggling. It's actually mind-boggling. Shout out to KT. He says, uh, he says their program is voluntary, and they can't force anyone to consent to participate in it. Yep, they can fly it around, and we're going to serve you, and you need to show up. If you don't want to, 
if let me let's say let's say this if you don't want to and tell them that they can do whatever they want to do they can just let them do whatever they want to do but most dudes want to fight and that's what they know but you be like i don't want i ain't going do what you do what you do what you will <laughs> you know what i mean do what you will or do what you think you can and most people show up as well because you're w2 and they got all your information this is none one of the reasons why men's natural position is not to be on w2 slavery but because you are in W-2 slavery, you're going to be subjected to whatever they lay down on your ass. Okay. David says, Coach, I am a French ninja. All right. Shout out to the French ninja. He says, we have a common phrase here that says there are two kinds of women. The one you pay before and the one that makes you pay after. Thank you. He says, thanks to you, I understand it better. Free agent for life. Wow. So there is a common phrase in, in Francais. Parlez-vous français. Oui, oui. Croissant. Uh -huh. All right. Shout out to all my French ninjas in the building. There was a brother that, but, but there's a common phrase. And I've been saying this. I've been trying to wake you up. There are two kinds of women. The one you pay before and the one that makes you pay after. Oh, I pay for the after way more. Oh, it's way more expensive. It's way more expensive after. Because what you're doing is writing a blank check prior. And uh, a lot of dudes are sucker for love dudes and they think women love them for them. I'm of the opinion that that is not true. Like, do you actually love women for them? Let's just flip it. You don't actually love women for, for them. You love them for what they can do most of the time. And that's similar to them. They might say they love you, but I think it's conditional. It's what you're doing for them. It's what you're like. They, why do you love me? Well, I love that you're big, strong and masculine. Okay. She loves your protection. I love that you spoil me. My love language is spoiling. Okay, she loves your finances. Now, or she loves that you're a Mac, a player, or whatever it is. She loves that you're a Chad. Now, remove, remove the thing that she loves about you. Watch this. Both genders love conditionally. So I don't, I'm not trying to offend women or offend people who are in love because let's just say you're a Chad. You're a Chad, and she loves you for being a Chad. There's a case of a woman that was in Massachusetts or Rhode Island who had a Chad husband. When they got married, he turned into a Brad, and he got a corporate job selling insurance, and she couldn't take it and deleted his ass. She was like, he ain't no Chad no more. I want Chad back. He's boring now. He's a Brad. He's a nine-to-five clock puncher. That's exactly what I'm talking about. What was her name? Yeah, he cut his hair. His name is Greg, and her name is, um, her name was, um, I can't remember what her name was. She's in prison. It's a famous case. It's a famous case. His, his name was Greg, but um, her name, somebody's going to say it. So anyway, I can't remember the name of the, um, the name of the woman, but it's a famous case from the 80s or 90s, and I use these cases as examples. So, the reason why she she didn't like him anymore is was because, no, not Coach Greg Adams, is because he wasn't the guy he was when she married. He had long hair. He was in the heavy metal. Um, he was in the heavy metal. They were smoking out, drinking, and all of that stuff. And then when she when he changed all that after he got married and wanted to be responsible, she was like, damn, he boring. And then she cheated on him with a young young guy that represented what the husband used to be. So whatever she loves about you, stop doing it for about three or four months. She's going to fall right out of love with you. 
if you're the provider financially and you Pamela Smart, that's the woman's name, um, Pamela Smart. So if you were the provider financially and you stop providing, she's going to fall out of love with you because she loved on the condition. If you were the protector and then you don't protect her, she's going to fall out of love with you. So she loves you for a reason. It's not because it's you or your running game on her. All right. So let me give you a right here, Pamela Smart. So it's a famous case right here. So this is Pamela Smart. This is, she was relatively young. This is her husband with his hair cut off. Let's see if they have a picture of husband here. So here's this, here's this scenario. So here they are when they were young, dumb, smoking weed, getting drunk. You see, he's got the big hair like this. He's got the hair under the cap. He, he got the high eyes. She loves him. She leaning into him. Then he cut his hair and got a job. And he was no longer that dude. She wasn't even married to this dude a year. And then she started doing what? Going with this young dude who looks like similarly what her husband represented when he was young. He went. She went with the long hair dude and he was underage. And then she somehow got these dudes to delete the husband, the good guy. He went Brad. Soon as you switch it up, she was like, oh, you ain't the same no more, right? You were this when we married. Now you're this. Now I'm going to cheat on you with this. And then she got him, these kids, to delete the husband. And they weren't even married a year, bro. <laughs> Yo, it is what it is. So, look, I, I, I cringe when these guys want women to love them for them. It's because what I'm doing and what I'm putting down and my controlling mechanisms, you sound like a goofball. Okay, stop doing it for a year and see what happens. She's going to be out. Change the game up. You're going to real, really see that there, she's not wasn't in it for you. She was in it for what you provided. Same thing as men. It's not just a gender thing. If woman stops providing what you liked her for, you're going to stop liking her. <laughs> here you go. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. We're going to, I'm closing tabs here. Closing tabs. Because I got a lot of stuff running in the background. Oh, we're going to get real now. So now we're going to do divorce court breakdown. One hour in. All right. So shout out to the timestamp game. Let's put it up here. You're about to be shocked. If you haven't watched this documentary, you're about to be shocked. And you're going to hear what I te teach men about. Let's go ahead. Obviously, they're giving you the statistics. This is a very unclear. It's a little fuzzy, so bear with us. Damn, I had the stat wrong. In this documentary, they said divorce is a $50 billion a year industry. I had it at 28, 50 billion. That trumps the NFL by uh, four. People get married, they get divorced. Since I started in 1949, when I passed a wedding, I think to myself, that's inventory. Wow. So that's the first bold statement that that divorce attorney made. I want you to listen to that again. That was very, very important. Listen to the statement. Since I started in 1949, when I passed a wedding, I think to myself, that's inventory. Damn. When I pass a wedding, that's inventory. Sheesh. And you think I'm better in her? <laughs> That's what a divorce lawyer sees when he passes a wedding. Inventory. 
that's particularly people he can sell to. And he could almost to a guaranteed 70% because most people, they say 50% divorce rate, but 70% have will involve a divorce attorney at some point of their marriage. So just because of the end of the, the divorces, uh, the marriage is ended 50% doesn't mean another 20 or 25% didn't even consider the divorce. They, the, they considered it. The statistics are that more money passes through family law court than all the other courts combined. Wow. Wow. This is hardcore, bro. I'm, the I'm more a you charge, the more people are willing to pay because they feel that money equals skill. I'm you trying know, we are I'm trying to refrain not stopping after everything they say here. Much different from any other segment of society in terms of money calling the shots. Oh, fair use. I've had cases where they've spent twenty million dollars in fees. Fair use. The real standard is how much money can we make off these people? Woo! The real standard is how much money can we make off of these people? So again, when I tell you the divorce industry and these so-called justice centers are not about justice, it's not about fairness, they're about extracting money from you. And they're going to use the emotional hype of women who file for divorces 70 to 80% of the time. She's going to be emotionally hyped up. I'll do whatever I need to do to get that guy who broke up with me or who did me wrong, or he's cheaper, he's more, he's worth more divorce than married. And then the divorce attorneys say, okay, how much you have, how much you have. They don't care about winning. They don't care about um, justice and fairness. They want money. I got money. Continuing. <laughs> That's the standard. She laughing. She laughing at you guys. There's an expression that people can get as much justice as they can afford. Woo! And that most people cannot afford any justice at all wow bro jesus christ we might not get very far in this that's gloria allred who is head of the me too movement right you can afford as much justice wait you can get as much justice as you can afford that's what it's about and most people can't afford any justice so if you're married highly unlikely that you have excess money to fight a divorce because you're splitting it amongst the household and financing the lifestyle of your kids and your wife so you don't have no money to fight continuing you know what's wrong with that it's a business it's a business this is a business this is not social services mm. that's the private investigator damn we might not get very far this this right yeah we might have to do part two tonight this is cold sorry for the fuzziness of the show People thought we were crazy getting married after just three months of dating. But she had uh, children from another marriage. He fell. And I had my son from a previous marriage. And we just thought, you know, this would be a great way to just, we could combine our families and, and, and raise all these children together. And we yep. were like the Brady Bunch. Yep, well, you could. The Byron Bunch. <laughs> Dumbass gump move, right? So this is why we tell you, don't do it. It might seem like a good idea, but your ass got it. I just couldn't have been happier. I've got this wonderful new wife and a new family that we're starting together. And, you know, for whatever reason, it, <coughs> it just didn't work out. Excuse me. The biggest single reason for divorce in this country is marriage. <laughs> Shit. So this is an attorney. This is one of your family law attorneys. Dude, they'd laugh at you. Look at how they laugh at you. Many of these people are married too. But look at how they laugh at you. The figure, I can't continue. 
Each year, about 4 million people get married in the U.S. Although some people plan for months, a basic marriage ceremony can be completed in 10 minutes. All that's really required is proof of age and a $50 fee for a marriage license. Easy to get in. Getting divorced is far from easy. Litigation lasted for over a year. 17 months for a 23-month marriage. So that happens too. Um, you'll be fighting longer than you were married. Or like in my case, I've been divorced for 10 years and I'm still fighting in court. I was married nine, nearly nine years. I've been divorced for the last 10 years and I'm still fighting it. So it never it's never ending. We were only married for a year. We've been going through our divorce for a year and a half now. I was married only four months and my divorce has lasted now over six and a half years. I'll be close to eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Why is divorce so difficult? Marriage in the U.S. was once considered a lifetime commitment, and divorce was something that regular folks just didn't do. Back then, divorce was considered dirty, both for the people getting a divorce and for the lawyers handling it. There could not be a divorce unless there was fault. Fault usually was either adultery or cruelty, which was the word for abuse. There we go. So again, now they're going to talk about what I talked about earlier. The feminist movement of the 1960s began to change the way Americans viewed women in the home and in the workplace. Activists considered marriage a low-paying job, a trap that you couldn't escape. Because proving fault created such a barrier to divorce, in 1969, then-Governor of California Ronald Reagan responded to increasing political pressure by signing the first No-Fault Divorce Act. So thank you, Ronnie. But uh, in all fairness, I would believe from the female perspective, they couldn't get out of abusive marriages. And so even when there was abuse, they had to prove it. It was difficult. They didn't have money to file for divorces. They were financially restrained or constrained by their husbands. And so this was the move. It, this was to correct this error in marriages. However, we overcorrected. Then we said you could just file for divorce if you're not happy. Right. Sorry for the loud side effects, but let's continue. Concept quickly spread to most of the other 49 states. The divorce revolution, the great increase in divorce that happened in the 70s happened in part because of no fault. Although no fault laws made it easier to file for divorce, they didn't make it easier to complete a divorce. Even if your spouse is in total agreement and wants to end things on a happy note, you need the approval of a family court presided over by a family court judge. But family courts can be like the Wild West because certain rights provided by the U.S. Constitution do not apply in family court. So there's that right there. So a lot of times people will say, what are you talking about? That's not true. This is true. So you have rights constitutionally that the family court just overlooks. It don't matter in the family court. So is that a legitimate court? You have to ask yourself. The Constitution states that you're entitled to a trial by jury and an attorney if you can't afford one. All kinds of basic mechanisms that exist in the criminal and civil courts in this country don't exist in the family courts. The family courts call themselves courts of equity, not courts of law. Ah, there you go. Although it's not written anywhere in our federal or state constitutions, family courts have given themselves a pass on juries. Juries keep you honest because there are 12 people who are going to make a decision based on how they look at things. The judge is a jury of one. In a family courtroom, the judge dominates the proceeding. In my world, where there's no jury, 
you are the decision maker. I'm more comfortable with that. He's more comfortable with that. He's a retired judge. I get to make the decisions unilaterally. No input from jury of your peers. Continuing. In family court, you don't have the right to an attorney if you can't afford one. Litigants have no right to counsel. The right to an attorney did not apply. And the Constitution of the United States did not apply. So, again, um, if you can't afford an attorney, you're going to operate pro se and you're going to get your ass kicked many times. Unless you go in there and give them the middle finger and say, kiss my ass. I mean, that's the only way. Or you go in there and you spend infinite amount of time preparing your case, uh, serving documents to the opposing party, serving documents, filing courts, filing paperwork to courts. You're going to spend a lot of time as a pro se. So you're not afforded this. You're afforded this right in the criminal and civil court, but not in the family court. Is this a real court? One would think in a court where there is no jury and where you are not given the right to an attorney, our government would simplify the rules and make it easy to represent yourself. At a moment's notice, the judge will recite a civil code or procedure code or a family local rule code or whatever. You'll ask for a clarification and the judge won't give you the clarification. It always comes back as, well, you should know. We use terms like order to show cause, notice of motion. They're not really user friendly except for attorneys who are familiar with them. The court is not uh, a friendly environment. People are there without an attorney. For a judge, they're an irritant because they don't know the system. They don't know the procedure. They don't know how to do this. They don't know how to do that. If you are a litigant who is acting as his or her own attorney in a family court, you can often turn the judge against you just by means of the way you behave, your lack of familiarity with uh, etiquette of the courtroom, speaking out of turn. Many people have gone through these child support courts and what will happen is the if, if the child support is representing the woman's side, the attorney will speak for the woman or sometimes they'll let the woman, since she is the one bringing the case forward, talk and she'll get a four or five minute run bearing in your ass. Now, they'll pass it to you. What do you have to say? First of all, I don't have to respond to any damn thing she said. The minute you respond, you make whatever she said credible. So then you go to start talking and they're going to cut your ass the hell off. First of all, they're going to say you violated procedure. You don't have the proper paperwork. Whatever you're saying is bullshit. You're presumed to be guilty and not innocent. They've listened to her story. You ain't going to get no four or five minute run to bury her ass. And everything you bring up to bury her ass, they're going to cut your ass the hell off. Nope, 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 nope. Mr. Adams, I told you. <laughs> okay, they're going to cut you off. And that's how it works. They don't know what's going on and there's nobody there to guide them. When you ask for help within the courthouse, well, I'm sorry, you have to go see the court facilitator over there, take a number, and if your number doesn't come up in eight hours, well, come back again and try over again. So I called around in the law library in Sacramento. Well, we can't give you that information. Wow, what is this? This is like, you know, top secret priest class stuff. The rules of the family courts are documented in the family codes of each state, but the size and complexity of these codes is often overwhelming. This is a civil code from when I entered law school in 46. The family law section in this whole book is right there. So in 1946, when he first started, that was the family law code. And when I tell you you're agreeing to this when you ask the state to marry a woman, which is you would do via marriage license, he's going to show you what you're agreeing to when you marry. Uh, according to the state. Let's go ahead and show you. That's it. And this is thick paper. This is the family code 2011. Thin paper, 
small print. Look at this. That's what, and these are attorneys saying this is crazy. These are the people who make money off of you think that this is crazy. But that's what you agree to right there. That's what you agree to when you say, I'm going to marry this woman. And they don't even know, they don't even know what's in here. Let's go ahead and remember. Uh, so why would our government make the family court so complicated for the average citizen? People often say oh, law is so complicated. Um, lawyers make law so complicated. Um, and Congress makes law or legislatures make law so complicated. And there's some truth to that. You know, there's the old saying uh, from Charles Dickens that the business of the law is to make business for itself. The more complicated and specialized family law is, the more you need an attorney. The lawyers. <laughs> somebody said somebody said this is they think the ism is going to protect them from this. Yep. I'm telling you, these guys are operating in, in a slight bit of ignorance. The ism ain't going to protect you from none of this. They're going to show you what some ism is when your ass run up in the court. Are the legislatures. They make the laws. The more laws and the more complex they are, the more we have to pay them. With all this complexity, it seems like you have no choice but to hire a lawyer. But this isn't some huge legal battle between two massive corporations. This is divorce. These lawyers can't cost that much money. The rate was 600 an hour. In the Gold Coast of Fairville County, it's 650 an hour. I'm not saying I'm worth $700 an hour, but that's what I charge. My rate is $950 an hour. As for one lawyer, they had assistants, people filing. I was being charged for multiple people working at the firm. They said, tell me your hourly rate. I added them together. And I said to the litigants, I want you to know, it costs us $27,000 an hour. I said, after two hours, we will have spent more than most people in this courthouse make in a year. Okay, so let me just speak on that. Most people's divorces, you go in broke already from your marriage, and you're going to... You're, your divorce bill is going to be three and times four what you earn per year at the end of it. They're going to squeeze you for all of it. <laughs> $800 an hour, $750 an hour, and that's an hour. They're going to spend probably 70, 80 hours on your case, sometimes 40, 50, uh, if you don't throw in the towel, if you don't throw the damn towel in. I have to work 25 hours to pay for one hour of an arrogant attorney's time, 25 to one. It comes down to always money. With so much money on the line, why don't couples force their lawyers to finish divorces quickly? Um, oh, this is a big point here. And one one thing here that I wanna let you guys know as a, as a means of fighting the system is um, you can bankrupt an attorney. Okay, just to let you know. Now, if you're one of these people, I don't wanna put myself through seven years of uh, financial stress. If, it, if the attorney is squeezing your ass and you're slowly retaining them, bankrupt they ass. <laughs> I'll just let you know. All right, I'll just give you a piece of advice. You know they're going to be mad at me for that one. New, 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 new world order. Yeah, you just file for bankruptcy on their bill. And they know once you do that, they're they going to start shuffling. And they may renegotiate with you. So if you're, your bill tab is like 32 k and you put them on retainer and they kept escalating the bill and leading the fight, which they're going to talk about now, what attorneys do to keep your keep your fees from going up. One way to threaten them is to file for bankruptcy. And they can't do nothing about it. They can't do nothing about it. That's actually one of the biggest fears of a divorce attorney is you filing bankruptcy. So let's go ahead and continue. It actually has to do with the financial setup of a marriage. When you file for divorce, money from both parties is looked on as a shared pool of cash that's available for either side's attorney to spend. 
And the first thing that lawyers do is find out exactly how much money you and your spouse have. You fill out an income and expense. Before we go into that, a lot of people fear bankruptcy and they won't do it, right? And then they'll just go ahead and pay that debt. But that debt was accrued in, in evil ways, all right? That debt was accrued in evil ways and it's almost unfair. It's very predatory what they're doing. And so that's one way to fight it. Hey, um, let's see here. Uh, in this situation here, they're going to talk about the income expense, how they're going to squeeze blood, of a, blood out of a turnip. Continuing. Declaration, basically, just to find out how much you're worth, what your assets are, uh, what you've encumbered. How much you have in the bank, how many cars you have. They want an entire picture of all your financial assets because they want to size you up. Uh, one thing you could do is if you go see an attorney, one of the first things they're going to do is give you an income and expense declaration. If you are a W-2 wage slave, well, then you're kind of stuck and you make $150,000 a year guaranteed. They can pick your pockets right there. They're going to see how much they're going to squeeze out of you, essentially. All right. Um, you might think that, oh, the court needs this and all of that stuff. You can tell them to kiss my ass. Now, they can also tell you to get the hell out of their office if you don't fill out the pa paperwork. You can lie on the paperwork, but they will say under penalty of perjury, X, Y, and Z. I ain't never seen nobody go to jail for perjury in a family court. I have now it could have happened, but I ain't heard about it. <laughs> I haven't heard it. I haven't heard somebody say you going to jail. You lied on the income expense declaration. When that woman going in there lying on your ass left and right, and you'll go in there and prove she lying and they'll never throw her in jail. Continuing. Once the lawyers find out how much each side. That's a way to fight the system, by the way. All right. Let, if you play their game, you're going to get you're going to get picked apart. And this documentary is explaining that is worth they tempt their clients with the prospect of getting more money through fighting it has become about winning and that's both from the economic perspective and from the sort of emotional perspective what you have is a tinderbox and virtually anything can ignite that tinderbox and the lawyers frankly often are throwing gasoline on that fire we're going to fight you and even if you win you will think you lost what you wind up with is people feeling antagonized by the tactics of the lawyers on the other side. If you and your spouse hate each other like poison and want to get out of the hellhole you call a marriage, you've come to the right place. You've got questions. We have answers. I'm Reno Brackman, and this is Brutal Divorce Tactics. <laughs> the system is an adversarial, polarized system. It turns out the court system is designed to create conflict. All right. So now the court system is designed to create conflict. This is going to be an important section. So now you're going to wonder why your ex is saying X, Y, and Z. And like um, I've heard lead attorney explain this. You're like, what is she saying? And why is she saying these things? Many times the lawyer is feeding her these things to say, hey, if you want favorable advantages, you must say these things or I must get you to believe these things about your marriage that you were abused. And the woman will say, I was abused. No evidence. Many times the abuse is a result of her not doing what she was supposed to do when she got yelled at. Yelling is not abuse. Disciplining is not abuse. But you got disciplined, you got put in your place, but you were abused. All right, and so the lawyers will go forth and proceed with these claims. Continue. Many lawyers encourage their clients to be as aggressive as possible, tempting them with winning more money. And once someone starts making accusations towards you in court, you have no choice but to fight back. There you go. Because if you don't, you could lose it all. Your house, your money, 
your possessions, your children, everything. If one side is being reasonable and the other side is being totally unreasonable and, and greedy and miserable and, and thus lies the problem. Basically what the, the court does is it creates a battleground in which each side hurls the harshest accusations they can come up with because they're desperate to win. There's nothing secret. Everybody's sexual habits and propensities and dirty little lack of hygiene, every detail, their journal and their photographs of them with weird toys strapped to them come into court. One thing I will tell you, if you live a weird background, do not participate in it with your wife. Go pay a hooker or a prostitute. Like if you like weird things and you want, this is why these guys that say the ism in the game and I'm going to train my girl and do all of this. If you like to handcuff women, don't do it with your wife. Do only vanilla sex with your wife. Leave your damn vices and leave your damn perverted lifestyle. Leave that out in the other hotel room. Don't do it with your wife. Because if you do, or at least expose her to that or show that you have, she's going to bring that to divorce court. Do, don't tell him nothing. Don't let, don't tell him nothing. Don't pillow talk. If you are a criminal, cocksucking corporate uh, uh, thief, and you're stealing money and embezzling money, don't include your wife in it. <laughs> include your mistress before your wife. Marital missionary only with the wife. Because if you do anything crazy, she's going to bring that kinky stuff into court. And what happens is most guys say, I don't want that exposed. I don't want that kinky lifestyle exposed. So then what do you do? You end up settling. Anyway, continuing. If you want to enter the circus and you put on the outfit and you want to be a great clown and, and entertain, the system will certainly accommodate you. You're getting billed by the hour and it gets expensive. And people need to realize that. The more acrimonious it is, the, the smaller the things that they're willing to, that the parties are willing to fight for, uh, the more they get to bill. Attorneys get paid by the hour. The more accusations they make towards the other side, the more things they ask you to send them, the more papers they file with the courthouse. So this is a guy, this is like a prosecutor charging you. Most times a prosecutor won't charge you with one charge or a police officer won't charge, uh, police won't charge you with one charge. They'll charge you with five, right? And so then you're like, oh, damn, I, I was just shoplifting Doritos. But then they'll charge you with a whole bunch of other shit that, you know, they're trying to get one to stick. So in a divorce, they'll they'll charge you, they'll, they'll say parental abuse, send the kids to therapy, custody, X, Y, and Z. They'll have five different things that you're trying to fight. <laughs> you were like, okay, I'm going to fight this, I'm going to fight that. Each one of those things you fight, just go ahead and tack on $8,000. $8,000 for each thing you're going to fight. The more they earn and the more it costs you. One party files something, you have to respond. If you don't respond, you either lose by default or if it's a contempt petition, you land yourself in jail. You're a lawyer. You write a nasty letter. Her lawyer has to write a nasty letter. It's just a great system. Essentially paper the other side until they can't take it anymore. It's Man, so are they fighting for your justice? As you're seeing, these divorce attorneys are saying, well, you know, we just keep filing. We file them. We write nasty letters back. They charge you a quarter of an hour to write a last nasty letter back to the judge, maybe in half an hour. So $300 for her to write your attorney to write a, pay, a letter to the other attorney. Then the other attorney writes a letter back, 300 bucks. They file it with the court. That's an extra $200 filing fee. So it might be down if they send the other judge or the judge or the other attorney a letter, 
that letter cost you $1,000. $1,000. And they're saying, hey, we just letter and paper each other and file papers back and forth until you say, I give up. <laughs> until you look at your bill and you go, I can't do this anymore. What the hell is going on? So then you just sign up to take the L. Continuing. Just paperwork after paperwork after paperwork after paperwork. And there are no limits. When attorneys get started, they have no incentive to stop until you run out of money. Damn. You have lawyers who are in it for the money, who are greedy, who will milk a case. If your case is taking years and years, then that means some attorneys just putting in a lot of frivolous motions to delay the case. Yes, sir. You're going to go to court and they're going to say, oh, we got a continuation. But you paid them to show up. You just took like you took you took like a three thousand dollar L right there. And they're going to go push the case forward. And then in the middle between your hearing and the next hearing. It's going to cost you six grand. And then he's going to show up and say, you owe me another three grand just to show up. Now, if you stop paying the bill. They're going to drop you as a client. They're going to file a substitution of lawyer and they're going to say they're going to withdraw themselves from your case and you're going to be left hanging, swinging in the wind. Either hire a new attorney or represent yourself at that point. Continuing. In the 60s, it take a few months, a year. Now cases drag on five, six, seven, eight years. Which is extremely expensive, as you can imagine. The attorneys definitely don't want to settle the cases because once they do, their income stream has been cut off. And the lawyers have been granted complete immunity in family court. A lawyer can say or do anything, no matter how false or cruel, and waste tens of thousands of dollars intentionally and maliciously, and they cannot be sued for malicious prosecution or excessive litigation. Neither can your ex-wife if you're in this situ situation. Your ex-wife can take you to court every six months if she wanted to. Not a judge at my some particular point and be like, come on, ma'am. But they can take you to court every year. They can take you to court every year. And nobody will say, ma'am, you need to stop with the bullshit. Or we're going to throw you in jail. Now, you could fight back and pay a lawyer a lot of money to get her for malicious prosecution. But the judges will be a little bit more lenient on her. If you did malicious prosecution, they will probably be come down on your ass and say you're harassing her. Continuing. I'm not aware of any case where a lawyer was sued for being overly zealous. Did you ever hold an attorney in contempt? No. No. I really didn't have the... There we go. So there we go. Let's listen. Hard to do that. I would see them privately, maybe when we had lunch afterwards. Maybe when we had lunch afterwards. Mm. I'd see them privately when we were chilling, laughing at you, you ham and eggers, <laughs> asking how much money you made off this client and maybe getting my pockets lined and waving a couple of C notes under my nose. No, because he's doing his job and you just, and however pitiful his case was, I'm reluctant to embarrass attorneys. With such high rates and no consequences for over-litigating, the money in the marriage is often spent before the divorce is even finished. So how do people pay for all this? When the liquid cash went out, at that point there, he says, well, I understand you have a $100,000 line of credit, mm -hmm. which I had to go ahead and use that in order to pay uh, for my legal defense. A lot of people go into debt as a result of their divorces. Some attorneys automatically put a lien on your house just to make sure that eventually they get wow. paid. We took out a equity line of 
credit at my parents' house. Parents' house. That's been maxed out now. Uh, I think it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow, two fifty. Oh my gosh, two fifty equity line of credit on his parents' house, and guess where he's living at his parents' house. Um, when guys walk away from families, this is where the court of public opinion comes in. I'm gonna do this and go and uh, check um, check the uh, sponsors today. When guys walk away from their family and their kids, this is why they walk away. This is why they walk away. So when people say men walked away and they walked off on the family and they ain't there, they're deadbeats and blah, blah, blah. He broke. He living at his parents' house. He's living in his parents' basement. He bankrupt. This is why. This is why dudes wash their hands of their entire kids and wife and baby mama. They want no parts of this. So I never fault the guy from walking away. There's a reason many times they walked away and it is this. Continuing. What they do is bleed you until all the money is gone. And if that isn't enough, the court can even order you to sell everything you own. The judge looks through here and he says to me, you really messed this up. Next time I see you in my court, I'm going to order your land sold so you can get attorneys. Your home, your, your valuables are all going to be sold to pay the lawyers and people like me. The court does regularly liquidate an asset sell the house to pay that person to do their job so the court system has become the marketeer and the under threat of a court order of contempt have ordered you to comply with it and that's because you showed up and fought <laughs> if you don't show up and fight then they're gonna have to try to find to find your ass again this is why they call you what do they call it bitter and hurt who hurt you oh just because you went through a divorce this is what you go through in a divorce, right? And then you come out and then you say, I ain't never getting married again. Oh, who hurt you? Continuing. And guys, the people who really don't want to agree with my message, they um, they are, they are uh, overwhelmingly, they are overwhelmingly ignorant of the system or they won't even watch this film. And then has ordered you to pay it and, 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 and will then collect it for them as their collection agency. The legal system, like many of the other systems in our country, turns around money. And money makes a big difference on everything. It's not what we think of in America, but it's the reality of America. You didn't have family law firms in the old days because the people who ran the big firms weren't interested in doing family law. There was no money in it. Once houses started to go up in value and more money came into the family law system, some of those big firms did get interested in family law. The cases became much bigger. So a divorce became a business type trial. It's not surprising that the average contested divorce in the U.S. costs $50,000. In the last 40 years, the number of divorce lawyers has exploded, increasing over 2,000% in California alone. And this is a nationwide issue. No matter what state you live in, you're going to get pulled in. We're all part of this machine that makes divorce a business. It is a business, and I'm not ashamed to say that. This is how I feed my family. This is how I keep a roof over my head. This is how I put gas in my Rolls Royce. And when Let's pause right home, there. Let's pause right there. Let's take a pause right there. All right, trying to figure out what somebody called me. Um, this is how I put gas in my Rolls Royce. <laughs> okay, let's pause right there. This is a business. So it has nothing to do with your justice. They don't care if you go homeless. 
They don't care if you can't feed your kids anymore. They don't care if you're supporting your kids. They don't care. They want, <laughs> they want your money. I got money. Sorry, the sound, sound effects are going to be a little high because the volume on the video is so low. All right, so let me do this. Kaylin says, what's up, coach? I just have to ask, since you speak about marriage so often, have you ever met an honest and generally happy married man in your life? Um, you might, but what happens is once you ask them the real, you get them drunk, all right, you put girls around them, young women around them, you'll see them freeze up. You'll see them go, they're not really as happy, but there are are hostage many times, but they are are held hostage. And so they're held hostage by this situation. And they know if they buck the system, don't say, shh, don't say, if they buck the system, they're going to lose. So just because a person's married for 15, 20 years doesn't mean they're successful. It's just that they are held hostage by the situation, right? Cheaper to keep her. Uh, Brian Horsley, thank you, man, for being in the business. I appreciate you. Give it to the business. Avid Hiker says Alligator Fund. Keep dropping gems, coach. They don't like it, man. New, 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 new world. They don't like it. They after her, brother. All right. I got to be on the run. Wayne Figgity says nothing, but you gave a donation to the legal fund, the CGA, in the building. Dewanis Alexander says CGA, check out Sugar Shane Mosley. Yeah, the Sugar Shane Mosley divorce. Actually did a video on that one in which he lost his championship belts from boxing. He was a professional boxer. And his wife wanted him to get a vasectomy, requested the court that he get a vasectomy so he can't have any other kids. He lost custody of the kids. He had to pay because she was his boxing manager for a period of time. He had to pay uh, money from his pay-per-view sales, his boxing video sales, and then he lost his championship belts. She actually got to retain his championship belts because she wanted to give the belts to her kids when they became 18. She won the belts in court. Somebody says the court forced him to get. No, she lost that one. She lost that point. But she put it in the paperwork. <laughs> she put it in the paperwork. Okay. So anyway. So she get doesn't mean, listen, they can put anything they want, but she put in the paperwork a request that he got a vasectomy. <laughs> These people are nuts. <laughs> These people are lunatics. And in the court, the, the judge will be like, oh, let's consider the matter. It'll cost you eight grand to try not to get a vasectomy. <laughs> You're like, let me pay this lawyer eight grand so that I, that I don't have to get a vasectomy. Anyway, and she was a Ling Ling. Yes, she was. So uh, shout out to you for that one. I won't go too much into that one. Turning the tassel says, it's literally that Chad, Brad, don't work for you the same. Yes, indeed. Daniel says... Love when monkey branchers have money troubles. I do too. And I say that is going to be your lesson. Aceto Rusco says, a gem of a stream today, coach. Shout out. This stream could go very long, so be careful on this one if you don't have the time. Anthony B says, J-Lo has as many rings as LeBron. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. When we're wealthy people get married like that, it's a little bit different, right? Who do we got here? I think this is, I can't remember who this is. It's Moose Hefner. My brother went through a divorce several years ago. He got hit with child support, alimony, and half of his pension. His wife also had a home business. She never paid her taxes, and the IRS made her pay the unpaid taxes over 100K, and it crippled him. Made him pay it? Wow. Oh, here's another reason. Here's another calculation that you guys have. So people say you're going to lose half. 
you lose half of your assets in community property. Then you lose um, child support. Then you lose in paying alimony and maintenance. And then you lose by paying attorney fees. So attorney fees aren't even calculated in the half. Sometimes you pay a portion of the her, her attorney fees and your attorney fees. Then you pay, sometimes you pay all of her attorney fees. Sometimes you pay half or so are you losing half or are you losing 70 to 75%? In many cases, you're losing near 75%. Sometimes you can lose your pension that you worked hard for and they'll, they'll take half of the pension. That's more than half. We're talking about more than half. And you lose. Somebody said, uh, K, uh, KT King, the new child support bill in Congress right now will be a good topic for this morning's stream. We're not going to get into that today. I'm referring to the Congress bill that would allow women to file for child support at the moment of conception. Title 4D usage is the biggest drain on social security system. Price is wrong. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it today because that's we're not. This is not a child support stream. So but um, people that were celebrating Roe v. Wade. Now you're going to get hit because a woman can say now she's pregnant and it's your baby. Oh, whose baby is it? Yours. The baby ain't even out yet. And you could be paying child support before you can even prove if the baby's yours DNA wise. Last three. Who is in here? Mr. Cook says, I am walking up to the grocery store today, minding my own business. I had my AirPods in and a down bad ninja started walking behind me and threatening to shoot me out of the blue just because I was big and buff since I'm an amateur bodybuilder. At this point, I'm ready for these people to be put in concentration camps. <laughs> Uh, people want these chaoses. A lot of the people that you vote for want these chaos. They want civil discord and breakdowns. And uh, this is what you vote for half the time. And you don't know it. Wayne Figgity here. Thanks for the edutainment. My child support includes the overtime I earn. He says court averages per wait. Court averaged previous four years of W-2s. So I'm basically required to work overtime now. So, yeah, this is what happens. You get an order. Uh, you make you have tips, donations. You have all of these things, and then they'll say, well, what's your income? What's your what's your gross income? And you'll say, my gross income, this is my base income right here. Then they'll say, what are these donations? What are these overtimes? What are these things? And then they'll throw it on there. Then they'll set the child support as that. So now you have to work overtime. You have to get tips. <laughs> like, you have to be like, okay, now I got to do it to keep up. It's a rigged system. And this documentary is proven it. It's not... <laughs> This when you go in there, you're gonna get your, and your ism and your fucking game is not gonna work. Trust me. I heard one guy tell me, I'm not gonna say his name. He's like, I can get you guys to run game to figure out how to overcome this in the family court. Let me tell you something. That might have been the goofiest thing I've ever heard in my life. That might be the number one goofiest things I've heard on my life in this manosphere. That is the worst, uh, most egregious thing I've ever heard in this manosphere. And I like the guy. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> All right. The Jimmy ZTT. He says, what? He says, my charitable donation for my favorite unemployed YouTuber. Yes, the job market is crazy. If you're broke, just say that. Shout out to them private investigators who are gaining RP knowledge via CGA's entertainment. All right, they're watching me going, damn, he knows everything. And they'll try to come in here and use my lyrics against me. <laughs> all right, all right. 
Uh, Monte says, if you uh, wore some men's wigs for a week, it would be very entertaining. <laughs> oh, man, interesting. All right, boy, then that's really, I'd really be selling out. Really be shuffling. Did I get all the cash apps? Let me make sure. Okay. Uh, just for a couple of likes. Uh, here we go. John G says, 20 years, and she always tells me she'll take all. She'll take all. 20 years, I'm definitely a hostage coach. Okay, that's a married man talking to you guys. So 20 years in and a wife is saying, I'll take you for everything. And you're in a, you're in a marriage. You're sitting in the home going, damn. Now, I always tell young people, you get married and I'll a young, and an older guy will say, you're going to lose half of your stuff. Well, as a young guy, you don't even know what half is. It's an intangible, like it doesn't exist. Half of what you're going to lose doesn't exist in your world yet. But. If you get a family, according to the marriage will, there's going to be the investment stage and you're going to start doing what? Building assets, providing for your kids, lifestyle, vacations, houses, cars, et cetera, pensions. All right. 401ks, investments, stocks, portfolios, bonds. All right. Life insurance. You'll have that after 10 years going into 15 years. Then when somebody says you're going to lose half you know exactly what half is because you can calculate it. Damn, half of my house, half of the cars, half of the insurance, half of my pension, half of my salary, half of my... Now you know what half is because it becomes real. And then you know, I'm not going to lose half. I'm going to play the ring game. F all that. I'm not losing half. Dad, what are you doing? Playing the ring game that he made, which is okay with me. Because he could definitely be fucking bitches right now. And he's playing a ring game in the kitchen. Leave my man. So that's the problem with young people, especially young ignorant men who think ism and game is going to save them once they cross this line. You, you about to get roasted and then you'll be you'll be held hostage. You'll be held hostage significantly. So, um, man, people try to hit me up. I'm on a show right now. Hold on for a second. I got, man. So um, where are we at here? We got Slick Vision. He says, powerful message. Hit me with the new bell sound. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> On the show now. All right, uh, John Jones G. Oh, we got double bell. All right, Jones G says, courts will turn the woman you love into the exorcist. Okay. Um, so sometimes, uh, again, there's a phrase that says you won't know your ex wife. You won't know your wife until you see her in court. I, I'm I cringe to tell you the woman that you're now that's down for you right now. If she does take you to court, not all women will take you to court, but if she does, you won't even know that woman. You'll be looking across the courtroom like, who is that? You won't even know. You won't even remember fornicating with that woman after ten months of family court. You'd be like, did I ever penetrate this woman ever? And you'll have the evidence you penetrated her because she's fighting the kids. She fight for the kids. So you you had sex at least a couple times, but you won't remember it. It'll be deep in the dark recesses of your damn brain. You'll be like, holy shit, who is this woman? And then they'll be like, you picked the wrong one. You married her. <laughs> All right. Anyway, continuing. Things get even more oh, hold complicated. Up. The real heart of family court. All right, so uh, I got to turn the volume up here. We're continuing on here. Where are we at? Hour and 45. Maybe we'll do a little bit more. Uh, we'll try to go to the, where is this here? All right, what am I doing over here? Over here. 
the real thing that is the most painful and that is the most damaging is custody fights. And I really think that courts need to, for the most part, get out of that business. Oh, yeah, right. All right, get out of the custody fight. That is basically the kindling for every part of this litigation. Money is second. Custody is first. Custody is first. That is the number one battle you're going to go to. And here I say, most divorces don't even occur when there's no children involved. When there's no children involved, rarely ever going to hear about any divorces. But when there's children involved, divorce is imminent. I do believe that in many cases, the system does fail children. The family courts are supposed to acknowledge several Supreme Court decisions that both parents have an equal right to see their children. Damn. It's a fundamental constitutional right of parenthood. The Supreme Court has said it repeatedly. You know. Damn. So the Supreme Court says both parents should have the kid. Family court said, now nah, we're going to make you fight. We're going to make you fight over your kids. She says she wanted them. You all fighting. I'll go back you know, over 100 years. Parents have a constitutional right to raise their children. We have to defer to their judgment unless we find um, that their judgment is detrimental. Which they going to find it for you. But it turns out the family courts have trumped the Supreme Court with a doctrine called the best interest of the child. Oh, boy. This doctrine is a broad set of guidelines that allows the court to scrutinize nearly every aspect of parenting. Yep. So now your ass going to be judged on everything you've done and said to your kid. You yelled at your kid. She said you yelled at him. She wasn't even there when you yelled at him. But the kid said you yelled at him. You go in the court. <laughs> and they have these pseudo psychologists that will go in there and interview the kid. Yep. She experienced abuse or he experienced abuse. Now you have to have hire independent psychologists to go in and represent your side. Yep. Money. What does this mean? The best interest of the child. You, and you ask, you say, can I have some criteria? It means it nothing to study a lot or to have it means nothing. It means what the mom says. She says, I determine what's in the best interest of the child. And then now you got to fight. Have friends. Is it better to play baseball or chess? Is it better to watch, you know, movies, old movies on TV or watch the new movies? If there was a legislative definition of what the best interest is, what? Then, of course, we could follow that. Right. Ends up meaning pretty much whatever first the trial judge and then a court of appeal court wants it to mean. So it means nothing. When you hear somebody use best interest of the child, they're using nothing as a basis. <laughs> Zero. Let's continue. The judge gets to decide whether the parent's ethics, morals, and behavior fits his or her profile for the perfect parent. And ultimately, they have the undisputed power to choose one parent over the other or neither parent at all. And many times you will go use psychologists and all of these people. Sometimes the judge will refer you to certain psychologists and get kickback from the psychologists. You guys know that happens. This is actually going to explain that here in this documentary. And I know that to be the case. Oh, why don't you go see these people? Judge gets a kickback. They're all playing the same damn game. You know what I mean? They're all, they do this for a living. And you'll ask, oh, I'll go on your recommendation. And then you go in there and realize that this, this, this uh, psychologist was referred to by an attorney or a judge and they're getting kickbacks back and forth. They go on to lunch together. They're sponsoring each other's campaigns. Continuing. What I would consider a good parent, another judge might not consider a good parent. They have to decide who's best for this child and who's a better parent. So if suppose you're in the 88th percentile as a parent and then the other parent is in the 93rd percentile, 
then you could, as a judge, say, I think the child should spend more time because that's better. Whereas if you have two parents and one is the third percentile and the other is in the eighth percentile, the eighth would get it, you know, between those two parents. But look at that. The one who's in the 88th now doesn't get his child. And the one who's in the eighth does get his child because of the, of the purely fortuitous circumstances of the marriage or the, the union. This happens to a lot of men. They'll pay the expenses. They'll pay your kids AU fees, pay your kids private school fees. And then she'll come in and litigate. You're in the 88th percentile. You're doing everything you can. And she'll say, no, I want the money and I'll split it. Since he has it, judge, I want custody of the kids and I want the money. He needs to keep paying and I want excess money so I can be the hero. I'm tired of him being the hero. He's doing everything right and I'm losing as a parent. So I got to now fight him, get the money as the middleman, and then I'll disperse it and be the hero. Continue. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing is just insane. As long as you treat your family well and there's not anything going on criminally and there's not some abuse... The state doesn't get involved. But for some reason, when you file for divorce, a whole bunch of strangers are starting to look up your dress. Yeah, dude, there you go. Man, I'm, I'm hating that I have to stop so much on this one. But this is true. If you mo most of the things you fight for when you fight in divorce court over kids, if you were both married, you would never fight over it. You would never fight over it. Nobody would get involved. But because you're divorcing and splitting the family up, everybody gets involved. Continuing. Neglect and abuse, sure, the government has a right to be there, has a duty to be there. We're talking about the situation in family court, two fit parents who, outside of this system, would never be challenged in terms of their right to be with a child. You need evaluators, you need psychologists, you need all these people to tell you what you did wrong. I will never understand that. Yep, there you go. So I, this is why I don't value psychologists and all of that stuff. And they come in there and they, they try to tell you they weren't there. Many times you didn't even get to put your point in. You were excluded from the process. And then they got the nerve to tell you what you did as a parent. They never even talked to you. They talked to the ex and they talked to the kid. You were completely left out. And then they got a nerve to tell you what you did as a parent. It's actually a uh, witchcraft. It's deceptive. And you got to go in there and fight this tooth and nail. Continuing. The concept of the best interest of the child is so nebulous. The court system created a position called a custody evaluator. These evaluators advise the judges to help them determine who should get custody of the children. As a parenting evaluator, you conduct all sorts of tests, personality tests, and then um, make a recommendation who should get primary custody of the kids. They don't even know your damn kids. <laughs> they don't even know you. Now we determine, these people determine your custody for $300 an hour because they went to Cal University of California, Berserkly. Now, if you walk away from this, you're a deadbeat. Continuing. Give me a list of all your friends, all the people who know you. Then they go and interview each and every one of them. And then every time someone says something good or bad, they look into that. Many people are very defensive when they're being evaluated by a stranger to see if they're a worthwhile parent. I mean, who wouldn't be? The MMPI Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory has test, retest reliability that's 50% of the people change in less than two weeks. I mean, it's the most widely used test in the country, but it is not a reliable test. And showing you a bunch of ink blots, what's this look like? What do you see in here? And then scoring you for narcissism or, you know, defensiveness or paranoia because you see bats and butterflies and birds is not based on science. Psychology. Psychology. I don't have a great respect for that particular discipline, although I'm not, I'm using that as a blanket general statement. But I don't use it as a, yes, these people, we should follow them. Absolutely not.
not 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 all of them no but when i say that people think oh my god no i don't i think these people are bizarre many times but continuing it's unethical it is unconscionably unethical the custody evaluators for the most part are a bunch of morons making money <laughs> off the backs of people who don't even quite understand the system. Exactly. Do you know what the qualifications of being a custody evaluator are? Mm. Can I name them? Yeah, probably not. I can tell you it took my attending a two-day seminar that one could basically sleep through. Damn. So that's the custody evaluator. That's what he did. A two-day seminar. He could sleep through it. Now I can determine. Your custody, continuing. As a parenting evaluator, you don't have to be good at understanding the human condition or knowing who would be a better parent. What you have to be good at is writing reports and testifying and being able to convince a judge that you know what you're talking about. All on your dime. You could get those evaluations for anywhere from $2,500 to $5,000. There you go. So there you go. All on your dime, $2,500 to $5,000. To get this person to come in here and tell you you're a good parent, bro. This is this is what you're dealing with, man. Continue. More typically five to seventy five hundred. Wow. Now I'm seeing them thirty five thousand, sixty thousand, sixty thousand. Very Jesus. expensive. Jesus. You end up getting a bill for fifty to hundred thousand dollars for an evaluation that, until you file for divorce, none of this was an issue. Evaluators are frequently hired by one parent or the other, mm. so the evaluator's purpose is to achieve the parent's goal. Yes, exactly. So you're spending your kids' college tuition finding this out. Continue. The goal of the parent who hired him or her. Whatever expert you get to say about how bad mom is at parenting her child, the other side can get another expert to say mom's a great parent. And that's where the that's where the rub comes because the fact that it has no merit. It's known within the industry that certain firms have certain custody evaluators in their back pocket. And I can confirm that that's what happens. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. He said, I can confirm that that's what happened. So here we go, guys. You're bitter, you're hurt. This is not true. You're lying. People think, say, I'm misleading people. This guy, custody evaluator, family law, uh, family law participant, is saying this is true. Everything CGA is telling you is true. You're likely to go through this if you get married, highly likely, statistically. If you want to avoid this, leave your kids to the mom and be a deadbeat and pay the mom if you just don't want to play it. Continuing. So it really shows you so often what matters is not the relationship between the children and, and both parents, but money. Money. I got money. Deborah Singer had an experience with one of those evaluators. My case was very, very simple. I had been taking care of my daughter since she was born, um, alone since she was nine months old, financially, providing in every, every way. In Miss Singer's case, there was a particular bank account that had liquid funds. Once the court sees the financial picture, it says, now I know I've got money to work with. Right. She said that in court. On the transcript, on the transcript sure, in the, on, on the record. record. Commissioner Gretchen Taylor said, there is going to be a custody evaluation and you're either going to pick Dr. Susie Dupay or Dr. Joseph Keenan. Uh, so here it is right here. The judge is determined. You're going to pick one of these two. Let's find out why. No other custody evaluator was acceptable for the judge. 
So they chose Dr. Joseph Keenan. He pulled up in an Aston Martin. Ooh. He was dressed very, very well. He didn't even know my name. Okay, that's a common mistake. When you go to family court, they won't even know your name. They won't even know your kid's name. They won't even know if your kid has an intergender name, meaning it's a gender, a, a name that could be applied to any gender. They'll make a mistake and call your son your daughter and your daughter your son. They'll come in here, so your daughter, X, your daughter, Tata Alicia, and you'll be like, that's my son. You'll say that to them in court. And you're going, this is how ridiculous this is. You don't even know my child or their gender. And you're about to sit here. Yeah, it's intersex name. You're about, yeah, Richard. You're about, to, yeah, oh, oh, okay. You're like, this is how credible you are. You don't even know my kid, and I'm in here fighting. Continue. He didn't know my ex-husband's name. He didn't know anything about the case, which was very shocking. Um, I sat down with him, and he put a microphone in front of me, and he said, Tell me about birth until you were 10 years old. So I start talking. He was sweating. He was anxious. I felt very uncomfortable. I could tell that there was something that just wasn't settling right. My, my instinct was that there was something terribly wrong. When it was over, she gave Dr. Keenan a check for his agreed upon fee, $7,500. He rushed directly to her bank to cash the check. I got a call from um, the manager at the bank, who I know, and said, there is a man downstairs trying to cash a check for $7,500. He was like, I got the check. <laughs> Let's go get that money. And I thought, why would this doctor not just deposit my check into his account? Within a couple of days type of thing, I received a phone call from him. He was asserting to me that for another 25 or 35, he'd be able to give us what we wanted. And I said, not 25? And he said, yeah, 25,000. Okay, there's the extortion. And of course, then I realized I'm dealing with a major problem. Right this moment, as the wheels turn, you think about, am I going to accuse the judge's appointed, licensed psychiatrist of attempting to commit extortion extortion so when i say family court is there's extortion involved there it is and this is a lawyer talking continuing we spin out of control it bodes poorly against my client and all hell breaks loose didn't know what to do i get a call out of the blue from somebody who wanted to have lunch with me coming back from lunch we bump into dr keenan on the street my friend looks over and sees him and i looked at him and i said do you know him and he said literally do i know him hold on a second i'll show you his facebook uh -oh. instead of joe keenan he calls himself joe keegan who is joe keegan uh-oh skittles look at him this is the guy you just there was one after Jesus another Christ. of shocking photos of sex porn stars this is cocaine. Uh oh, it's snowing. Joe Keegan is here. It's snowing. My man with full Skittles cocaine brigade. This is who you just gave eight thousand dollars to, and he got a sniffing habit. He's the family. He's appointed by the judge, and he out here in this what? Took them ten years for me. It goes to the degree of booty out of um, this is him yeah, of how how well I hid things. 
Oh my, what is this? Pause. One specific photograph. It was a picture of Dr. Keenan and his two other friends. It was a flyer for a party. And it said the dysfunctional family. And at the bottom of it, it said, bareback anal sex with strangers following the event. And I'm thinking, this is the guy that's going to tell me whether or not I'm a good mother. If I had one photo, one photo like that on my Facebook, Dr. Keenan would have taken my child away from me. Correct. She would have been gone. Well, Correct. probably any evaluator. Any actually. evaluator. Do whatever you want in your private life, but. You do not get to determine what's best for my child. What are we doing? When the story hit the press, Dennis Braun received phone calls from other parents that had been evaluated by Dr. Keenan. And this dude destroyed families. Remember when I say they're, they're out to destroy families and that's his life. Out of the hundred or so phone calls that I received, uh, women were literally crying on the phone to me about uh, the injustice they felt had been perpetrated upon them by Dr. Keenan. And I kind of found it somewhat disingenuous that the court would say that they had not heard that Dr. Keenan was one of the questionable evaluators. It turns out the court system is well aware of issues like this. In 2010, California's auditor was ordered to examine the family courts. The audit discovered that the courts were forcing parents to pay thousands of dollars to unlicensed and unqualified evaluators. Well, what can be done? I'm an ex-cop, all right? I know what it is to drive a police car. I know what it is to sit in back of one. I'm not easily hustled. And when I see these custody evaluators, they sicken me. Okay, there's a private investigator. He's the realest dude on here. Oh, there's a lot of real people here. But you're in ignorance thinking that this can happen to you. But guess what, man? This is what you're engaging in. 20, $28 to $50 billion industry. There's been no outreach whatsoever about this from the court system. And Dr. Keenan is free to continue to do custody evaluations if lawyers contact him, which I fully believe they are. It seems the courts are trying to protect themselves from getting exposed no matter what the cost. All right. So again, are we here for justice? Are we here for morals? Obviously, we're not in the moral situation here. Um, we're in a situation where Again, this is going to be extortion. It's going to be legalized extortion. Many times, the people bringing these cases forward, which is going to be the petitioner, is using their emotions, and they know this is going to be the outcome. At some point, you'll give up. Continuing. <laughs> this is why I called them the bull in the china shop. I actually got this sign right after I got divorced. I laugh a lot. The sign in the kitchen makes me think Where's of my point? oldest daughter. The divorce process in 2004, we sat down together and we came up with our own agreement. It was fairly simple and we wrote our own custody schedule, which was a 50-50 custody split. In November of 2008, my ex-husband started violating court orders and withheld one of our children from being with me. Very common tactic if you have multiple children. They'll start with one child, and then they'll try to escalate to the other. And um, what was I going to say on there? There was another point that I was going to say. Oh, oh, oh. If your kids are over the age of 10 and you fight back against this particular sort of extortion, they're going to blame you for fighting back. They're going to they're gonna fight. They're going to blame you because then you're forcing uh, evaluators to evaluate them. You're forcing the kids to testify. You're forcing the kids to now get... And part of this court system 
you're forcing the kids to actually lose financially. You're forcing them to spend the kids' college tuition. They're going to blame you. And they say, see, you're making this a stressful situation. <laughs> They're going to be like, wait a minute, what? Wendy pleaded with her ex-husband to maintain the custody schedule, but he refused. So she took the matter to family court to ask for help. My ex-husband's attorney asked for a guardian ad litem okay. or what's called an amicus attorney to be appointed to our case. That's going to make the case drag on further. Continue. Her job was supposed to be to determine what's in the best interest of the children. Sometimes the courts will appoint an attorney to represent the child. But that is not necessarily a positive step either. Correct. She told me in our first meeting that she would be giving custody to my ex-husband. It was very shocking to me. I have seen some attorneys who, because they want to curry favor with the judge, so that that judge will appoint them again. There you go. They so again, this is why I tell you why they're, when, when you go into court and they're so respectful for, to the judge, it's not as because it's not because the judge is someone to respect. It's not because they fear the judge or the judge going to throw them in jail or punish them. You know why they're acting nice to the judge? It's so they can get favor in other cases. It's not because now you can go in there if you're pro se and disrupt the whole damn proceedings if you wanted to tell the judge to stick it up. That you can do that because in, in essence, you ain't gonna see the judge again. <laughs> but you ain't gotta be in there. Thank you, Your Honor. That's their game. That's the reason they're doing it to get favor continuous. Continuing. Tend to provide a report that leans toward what they think the judge wants anyway. Not a positive system. The amicus attorney sent me a bill for eleven thousand dollars. Eleven. I knew geez. I didn't have eleven thousand dollars. I took my bank statements to court, and they knew that I was. Man, don't take your bank statement to court. What the hell? Let them subpoena everything. <laughs> You're not cooperating. Subpoena it. What you want me? You want me to bring the bloody glove too? You want me to bring the knife? What you want me to bring the the bronco? You want me to bring the socks with the blood drips? You want me to bring the? You want me to bring everything you gonna hang me with? Subpoena everything. <laughs> now they gonna make you say, "We'll make you pay the attorney's fees." All right, kids, y'all go to work. I'm gonna make y'all work for every penny you earn. Subpoena everything. Subpoena everything. <laughs> Period. I ain't handing over shit. To the point where I had nothing left. Some of these children can't say "goo goo gaga." And yet these lawyers are sending in these outrageous bills for all the. Yeah, they'll say bring evidence like to, and they're going to hang you on the very evidence you bring them like bring evidence that we're going to use against you. Uh, That's a negative. <laughs> I ain't bringing ish. You brought me here. You brought the case forward. Shit, I'm going to bring evidence. <laughs> Again, if you're a scared dude, you'll do stuff like that. If you don't give a F. You'd be like, man, all I got is time. I ain't bringing no evidence against me. Shit, okay, all right. Uh, bring the Doritos you stole. Bring the, bring the video of you stealing stuff. Bring the video of you at your home surveillance system bringing home the stuff you stole from Target. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's attorney-client privilege. What do you mean? You ain't got no attorney. I represent myself. Attorney-client privilege. 
all these sessions they had. We kept getting the same figure where she was billing the same number of hours to all these different cases. And she's got dozens and dozens of cases, couldn't possibly have performed those number of hours. A few of these lawyers have gotten away with hundreds of thousands of dollars taking kids to movies and going to have lunch. Now, in the audits of Marin in Sacramento County, this was found to be a highly abusive area where the Miners Council's bills weren't being looked at, and they would just submit them, they'd pencil up them and write them a check. And the parents ended up being responsible for a bill that they couldn't get in and audit. I can't. Now, this part right here is a little bit, you know, it is what it is. So let's let's take a break. I don't even know. Let me see if uh if there anything more uh important on here. I think we learned a lot here. Look, you guys can um you guys can go through this particular case. The the movie, the movie is what it is. Uh to find it, I'll I'll put a link to the video that I'm using. And I want to say fair use. A couple people have used this movie. You can actually buy it or rent it here on YouTube. It is available to you here. You know what I'll do is I'll put in the link to get the free version and then just for reasons of the new world order new 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 world order um i'll put in the one link that you can go on the youtube if you want to make a contribution to this particular film all right um let's see here let me share am i still sharing screen no i'm not all right so good let me let me share copy i'll put the link that you this should be required viewing for anybody who intends to get married or is a legacy ninja or any of that all right you should be watching this you should be watching this. This is the game you're going to play. All right. So that's going to be that one. And then I'll put in the, um, I'll put in the link to where can I get this link? All right. This is the link to the legal copy. <laughs> you want to get the legal copy. Oh, wait a minute. Is it really? All right. Uh, I'll share the link to the legal copy uh, that you can get. If you're one of those dudes, uh, you can watch this. I mean, this is, this is basically going to be alert. This is premarital counseling that all men should have. They should show this in school. They should show this in school, but they don't show this in school. They let you operate in ignorance. And somebody talked about that yesterday. They want men to be docile and ignorant. They don't want you to know this. Maybe I'll do part two of it. I'll review what parts are going to be important. And then I'll, I'll, I'm going to end on this story here about the police chief in Richmond. Somebody share with us and I'll go through that. But let me go through the contributions again. Thank you for our sponsor, sponsor, sponsor. For show somebody sponsor, sponsor the legal fund of CGA which is going to be the, we going to F all of this up <laughs> fund. All right. Y'all want to join the clown circus? You want to bring the circus? I'll bring the clowns. Travis says, oh, I got you already. Uh, Where are we at here? Where are we at? I want to say here. I want to see how far I got ahead here. I got all these brothers already. All right. So I think I'm got like two or three more. I'll, I'll do this one. Who is this? Sounds like a name I can't say. Wendy Wall says, I hired a divorce attorney and he died shortly after. I was told to go to this funeral and get a refund from his widow. The next attorney I hired did bad paperwork and then retired all money down the drain. Wow. Wow. Guys, wow. And uh, just so you know, if you hire an attorney and then you they fired you or you fired them, and uh, you have to hire another attorney that just restarts your case many times. And the money you previously used, it, it doesn't you don't get the money back. KT King, CGA, the average 730 child custody psychological evaluation in California costs 5K. That's an additional cost of divorce, breakup, 
um, out of wedlock, the court orders you to uh, to a specific independent psychologist, knowing they get a piece of that action. Price is wrong. Again, uh, they a parent might threaten another parent to get a psychological evaluation. Um, when when that happens, that's five k to somebody. Okay, I know this to be the case. All right, I've never used it, um, and it was never used against me. Again, when I speak about these things, people think it's from my experience. No, but I know somebody that used that as a tactic. Now, let me just tell you, this tactic was always also used, um, in the Amber Heard trial with Johnny Depp. They I think Johnny Depp required her to get a psychological evaluation. And then thus they had psychologists jump up there and say, well, this is what we determine." and question 180. Now this is going to require you at least a $10,000 investment. So if you wanted to say your ex is a psycho, she needs to be evaluated. Sometimes the judge will be like, nah, this ain't necessary. But sometimes they'll be like, go ahead. Cause they might say, well, get it from this person. Everybody gets a cut. And you might think it comes back in your favor. But many times, if you have her get an evaluation and she does get it, it might not come back in your favor. And then they make you get one, right? That always can happen, right? And I actually had something similar happen where I was subpoenaed. My documents were subpoenaed. And then as a retaliation, I subpoenaed the similar documents that were subpoenaed against me just because I was pissed. And then it ended up working against her because the documents that came back were against her favor. So then they had to decide, were they going to use my documents or <laughs> it's absolute? It's insane. It's insane. And those subpoenas back and forth cost 2,500 bucks each on both sides. And when her documents came back, her judge was like shuffling, like, oh, my God, this is not what we wanted. So then my attorney was like, well, you can't use it. Do you, are you going to use his documents? Because we're going to use hers. And then their side ended up saying, we're going to throw his documents out, which they didn't. They lied. They end up using it in the forensic accountant. So shout out to Porgy Jr. She says, coach, it amazes me how men keep trying to negotiate uh, marriage. He says, they say, what about a trust? What about a prenup? Why do y'all want to get married? It makes no sense. Well, it, to me, Porgy, it it makes sense because it's their selfish desire and ego. I got married, so it was my ego and my selfish desire. And I also had a partner that I thought would never do that. And I wanted children and to build a legacy. So I can't fault men for that. But we know the system we're up against. And men do try to say, well, it ain't going to happen to me, which I'm like, boy, you out of your mind. All right. It's happening to women. With that being said, with that being said, when it comes down to this, okay. Or guys that that look at these situations and scenarios and they're trying to make judgments about other men as if it was our fault. When you're seeing divorce attorneys come in here and fully admit that what they're doing is an absolute clown show. <laughs> when they come in here to try to negotiate these things, what they forget is the court you're participating in is not a legitimate court. So when you say, can this protect me? You're going under the indication that you're going to be considering you're going to be participating in a legitimate court session. That is out to protect you like, oh, this is ironclad lady. There's nothing you can do. And that does not happen. So when you say to a guy, you have no solution against protecting your assets, there's no 100% solution. There's none. 
And anybody who asks a person that's never been in that situation or never counseled a person to get an absolute solution against being divorced great financially, you're asking the wrong person. Somebody asked me about Shane Mosley again. Yes, I actually discussed that. So you can have an ironclad prenup. Doesn't mean that that circus court is going to honor it. It's a it's not a legitimate judicial court. Have we established that? So you're thinking you're going to a legitimate judicial court. You're not. You're going to an administrative court who can trump the Supreme Court and the Constitution. Are we on the same page? The video even said that. This law trumps Supreme Court law. This law or this law court trumps judicial law. There's no court of appeals in this court. So if they do say, well, this is what we decide. There's no jury. There's no right to rep, uh, right to a speedy trial. There's no right to representation. If the judge says we're going to open up the trust, you can't file an appeal against that. You can't file an appeal. You can't be like, okay, I want to talk to your supervisor. I'm going to file a paperwork uh, above her. There's no, or above him as a judge. There's nobody. They have absolute reign over these cases. There's no ironclad. There's no ironclad. There's things that can get a woman to say, well, I won't fight that. But there's no ironclad. There's no 100% guarantee. Are, are we on the same page, right? So I'm just letting you know. If she's willing to fight it, then you have to fight it, which you're going to pay fees to fight it. So she might say he's hiding money. He has offshore accounts. He has a trust account that we need to look into. He has inheritance and he has a prenup. And for you, you're going to say my shit is ironclad. My money is all hidden. And they're going to say, well, let's find this money. I, I actually walked into a courtroom and the, the attorneys that was representing the wife in the situation, the guy wasn't even there. His attorney was there. And the judge was like, okay, we're going to, I ordered that you subpoena this. I ordered that you subpoena that. I ordered. Now he has an ironclad hidden his money. He's ironclad hid his money. The judge, the attorneys went in there and said, he's hiding money under several LLCs. And the judge said, okay, I ordered that you get all of these documentations. So what is the guy spending fighting this? Somebody said, this is my job. Coach is telling the truth. That is 7-1 saying this. So when you have an ironclad prenup, you still have to fight against it. So what are you spending money? So if the wife fights you for a year, two, three years against your ironclad prenup, to figure if it's valid, you just spent money that you're trying to avoid dicing up against her. This is, this is what we're trying to tell you. There's no ironclad. It might end up that after three years of fighting, the judge says, okay, the prenup is valid, but you spent $40,000, $100,000 to fight if the prenup was valid. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? So even if the prenup is valid, it doesn't prevent her from fighting the prenup. Come on, man. I wish we would understand what was going on here. But we don't understand. And we think we know. And you don't know. And if you don't know, shut the hell up. <laughs> okay. When you do know, listen to people that you do know. 
lead attorney is a guy who you could take the advice from. He admits you shouldn't get married without a prenup, but he'll also admit you could fight a prenup. Doesn't mean it's ironclad. And you might say at the end, which most people do, okay, she's fighting the validity of the prenup. She's fighting the, the ability to open my trust and examine it. She's, she's hiring forensic accountants, and it's going to be a $20,000 bill. I'd rather not deal with the forensic accountant. I'd rather not deal with this, so I'll just pay her. There goes your ironclad prenup. There goes your ironclad prenup. It meant nothing in the end. Now, not many women will fight. But if you get the wrong one that fights you, you're going to end up paying no matter what. Because you don't want them going through your in, through your finances with a fine-tooth comb. Because you hit it for a reason. Maybe you're a criminal. Maybe you didn't want the, the IRS to know. Maybe you were trying to do uh, fuzzy accounting. Whatever it is. So if they open your shit up, it's going to open up a can of worms that you don't want to know. And you say, I'll just pay her. There goes your prenup. Bye-bye. <laughs> you don't understand that this is a game. It's a circus. It has nothing to do with what's logical or what you think. But a prenup is better than nothing. That is, that is true. That is true. P prenups are not a scam. It's just an extra step for you to judge if you should marry the woman. Because if she says, whatever you say, honey, I'll give up all my rights to whatever the law says that I have because I love you so much. Right? So the, the woman says to you, hey, I love you so much. I don't want to be protected by the law, the family law code. I'll sign my rights away to whatever I'm, I'm entitled. Good luck with 90% of the women saying that. If you have ism or game or you have Mac Daddy, Mac Lives Matter, and you're so good and so crisp with your game. None of these guys have marriages to even prove it, by the way. But you're so crisp with your game and you can get the woman to do that. Then you, you got to game up on her. You got to step up on her. You got the leverage. You're not going to lose per se. But you have women that are turning down $900 million divorce settlement checks. Okay, there's a woman who turned down a 900 million divorce settlement check. Why did she turn it down? She says, well, because he's worth 6 billion. So I'm entitled to 3 billion. 900 million was not enough to walk away. So what did she do? She fought and paid lawyers to try to get the 3 billion. Now I get it, but this is the pity stuff you're going to uh, deal with. And she tried to take credit that she was responsible for him becoming a six billionaire person. She ended up trying to turn his ass into a millionaire instead of a billionaire. And she tore up the check. I'm going to show you the, uh, if you guys don't believe me, $900 million check. Million dollar divorce check. He was like, screw this check. <laughs> He actually wrote the check out. And I believe.
Hey, 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 in the building. Here we go. 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 All right, man. It's okay. Sometimes the truth is too much. New, 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 new world order. New, 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 new world order. New, 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 new world order. New, 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 new world order. New, 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 new world order. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. We back. We back. We back. Anyway. We safe. We safe. We safe for now. But um, let me go to the contributions, the contributions to the day show. Let me do the rest of the contributions here before they get me again. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> they looking for me, man. They looking for me. The announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Oh, man. All right. We almost got all the contributors for the day. Uh, let's see here. We do have a couple more. And then I'm going to acknowledge them. Then I'm going to get out of here, bro. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where are we at here? Did I get? Uh, let's see here. Simon Small, thank you for the contributions, man. Thank you for the contributions. Where are we at? No government name says, he says, just run game on the judge. Okay. You guys know about the case where um, Bob Johnson from BET, he owned the Charlotte Bobcat, his wife, married the judge that presided over his divorce okay that is a <laughs> so you can run game on the judge <laughs> but i don't think you know where we at mr striker robots should be judges human nature is the issue yeah and oftentimes the judges um for here to be uh let's see here judges it's unfair for them i actually look at I actually look at what judges go through and it sucks because they got 20 cases on the docket. They're listening to the same BS all over, over again. Right. And, um, and what happens is they go through, they go through these cases and they only got to get to hear like really five minutes of what's going on. They see the paperwork. I know judges that don't even read the paperwork. They were like, what? And then they listen to this conversation and they got to make judgment on five minutes of context out of context dealings and many of them know wives are bringing frivolous lawsuits right but they got to listen to them because this is how they get paid judges got to listen to them because this is how they get paid but then they got to make judgment i feel sorry for judges many times many times so i sometimes most of the time i go in on family law i don't go in on the judges per se unless they're a hang them high ass judge child support judges are different though child support judges are almost participating in criminal extortion <laughs> right, that's their they're a full on active participant. But family law judges that are deciding custody oftentimes are like, what the hell? Sometimes they can participate in some nefarious things, but I've haven't seen judges personally do that. Let me just say that the judges that I've seen preside over cases that I have experienced, I haven't seen that. I've seen them try to be fair and favorable in in the recent history. Charles Johnson, thank you, man. Oh, sorry, Chris Johnson, thank you for being here, brother. Is that the peace sign? Yes, thank you, brother. Rob says, thank you for breaking down this topic. It is what it is. All right, this is the clone coach right now. <laughs> new, 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 new world order. Boy, that'd be a trip if somebody can copy and clone me. This is the clone one. They were like, hey, man, take him down. Now, all of a sudden, judges are great. 
after he done did a whole show. Hey, judges are fantastic. Hey, man, believe in the court, in these court commissioners. Hey, man, the documentary proved it. Hey, look, you know what? Let's get out of here. All right, let's get out of here. All right, before they really come after her brother. Shout out to the coach gang. Thank you for the support and the support system for the donations here. We here to, we, you guys make your decision. Blink twice if you got it, coach. <laughs> Blink twice. Help me. Oh, one more point that I want to make on this one. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something else. Anyway, I forgot it. Oh, oh, oh. Make a decision. If you do have, are in these situations, just realize there's nobody that can really get, can help you out. You're on your own. Um, If you don't have money to fight it, uh, consider what you want your kids experiencing in the future. So if you decide to walk away from your kids, which is AKA walking away from extortion, walking away and just paying the money, just know that your kids are going to be sacrificed. You know, it's a, it's a sacrifice that you're making. They're going to be sacrificed and they're going to be basically, you know, led by the single mother, which if you look at kids in our world today, they're overwhelmingly failing and flopping, right? Failure to launch. Uh, they're marrying later in life. Uh, they're they're getting life started later. Many of them are jailed, prison. They're getting shot up by police. <laughs> so, I mean, they're going to public school. They come out. They don't even know who they are. They don't have no mi direction. They misguided and undecided about life. So you got to really decide, do you want that for your kid when you walk away? Are you willing to live the rest of your life and let that kid live the rest of their life all because you had somebody extorting you? If you don't care and you're cold, do it. Walk the hell away. Because the game you're fighting is rigged against you. It, it's not going to be a system. like You're going to come out $10,000 lighter just to fight it. Is that $10,000 worth flushing your kid's life down the toilet? Potentially. Potentially. Maybe $20,000. Long custody fight. Or just walking away and paying the mother. Paying the mother and say, okay, you win the extortion. Think about it. You're going to be blamed no matter what, so it doesn't really matter. You're going to be blamed for trying to fight for your rights and putting the kids through all kinds of stress, and you're also going to be blamed for setting up the failure of your kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> but she thick. She thick. Shout out to the coach gangbang. Somebody says they flush their kids for a fee. They sell their kids out. I mean, listen, this is just what it is. The documentary actually proved it. And they say that that's what's happening. Anyway, man, we got to get out of here before they catch me again. I got to be on the run. We on the run for child support and all these people, man. Shout out to the coach gang. And we out of here. Let's get somebody out here. We out of here. I looked at it as I have an ATM between my legs and I just, I'm just using it. All I got to do is put my card in and that's it. And put the pin number and boom, money just comes right out.